0: yo <laughs> how are we man yeah good dude how are you
1: good yeah let me let me
0: just turn my video on there we
1: go yo we're here
0: how Are we? <laughs> yeah. oh it's funny it's just this is the fifth one i've done and every time like 10 minutes beforehand i'm just like nervous as like let's <laughs> get it done
1: <laughs> i guess i but, guess when it's your i guess when it's your own it's just that you you put yourself kind of on a pedestal in terms of what you want to bring and what the conversation you want to
0: have. Whereas for everyone else, they're just like,
1: Oh, it's just a chat. You know?
0: I I think so. That's pretty much it. um, Thanks for coming on.
1: Um, No, Honestly, it's just, it's just going to be good to just catch up as well. I want to know what you've been doing since high school and, (laughs) and yeah, I just feel like everyone's lives have changed so much.
0: Yeah, bro. Um, and we're at an age as well where everyone's kind of splitting off and doing their own things oh, and at this point we just get to see pictures of them like we yeah. with family yeah. sometimes and
1: Yeah, and people are getting married now. It's it's crazy like you know, <laughs> like some of the guys are getting married and it's just going, Oh my god, what is happening? Mm. You know, like I still feel like I'm fresh out of high school and I haven't been in high school for six years now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forget how long it's, right, been, it's been and I live and mm-hmm. now my my sister is fourteen years old. And I remember being 14, like that wasn't long ago. So everyone's just yeah becoming people in front of your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just
1: crazy how fast life has gone since high school. I, I honestly feel like I was there a couple of years years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I miss it. Obviously, I miss not having responsibilities. I miss, you know, <laughs> having <laughs> mum and dad cook me every meal and stuff like that. And, you know, not worrying about bills or jobs
0: or, you know, it's just, yeah. But it's, But it's nice. It's nice. It's um, you, it's uh, it's sort of just something you have to do. You actually have to grow up, mm. and you um, I know for a while I was kind of resisting that, and I liked, um, mm. I kind of didn't care enough about saving up money and kind of outside of high school. Well, I'll I'll put it to you this way: What do you remember from me when I was like when we were in high school age? Because you went to boys' high, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I went to boys' high.
0: because
1: um, you you went you went to boys' high. Did you go there for a period and then left? Or was,
0: no, you were there the whole time. Uh, I was. There. I was just friends with Bailey.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. yeah, I remember, I remember we, we met a couple of times at parties, and it was always at Bailey's place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like you know, after after like his dad passing and everything like that as well. And um, but yeah, like we, we never really talked. I think we were both kind of a little bit introverted in that sense. Like I was, I was an idiot. I was an asshole in high school. i <laughs> be the first person to admit that. But you know, like, and it was kind of like I had, I had my little circle, and I didn't really want to go outside of that. And um, I think it was, I think it was a comp- confidence thing for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, we we didn't really know each other. Like, if if I saw a photo of you, I'd be like, hey, it's Hayden. Like, mm. you know, but mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell anyone about
0: you. So, so yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird how you know life is kind of like that. Where, and, and you become pretty much like I've become a pretty much a different person. Like I'm very much still me. I'm mm. still Hayden, but like the mm. amount of growth that you go through just in the last four years for me has, has been massive. Mm. Yeah. Cause um, well, what has changed, what has changed for you since kind of since high school it has been the, the journey for you? Yeah. So it's been a journey for sure. So I came out of high school already in a relationship, like a high school sweetheart type mm. scenario and then that kind of collapsed on itself in its own kind of drama-y way in 2016. Mm. So three years after high school is when my high school relationship ended. So I had no idea what it meant to be an adult. I was very That's much... Crazy. Yeah. So when other people <clears throat> were going out, meeting people and exploring and um, going out to town and like doing all that kind of thing... I I wasn't. I was at home. I was very comfortable um, working at McDonald's, not really saving money, um, not really knowing who I was as a person um, outside of that little world. And I was pretty much just just a boy for like the longest time. And then when we broke up, all of a sudden I had to find out what the hell i was and find out what life was yeah. and so i, I <laughs> yeah, just went yeah. so I, first thing i did was just start partying again and going into town and stuff like never done this before i want to have some adventures and then i just opened myself there's, up
1: mm. yeah and, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that though like it's 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 life experience it's that it's that maturing you know like all, all of us up until you know even, even some of us these days are still like very immature in that sense where we don't you know, prioritize our income and we don't look you know, five, ten years into the future and we're, we're very, very caught up in our own little world. and There's, there's nothing wrong with that if, if that's the way that you want to live your life. You know, it's just obviously there are ways of you know, living life a little bit and more of an optimal kind of way to try and get you to where you actually want to be rather than thinking about where you are right now. As well, cool. it's 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 a fine balance, isn't it? Because you want to enjoy the time that you have now, because you don't want to waste, you know, waste it building your future. But then again, you want to <laughs> build a future so you can so you can mature yeah. and you can move forward, and you're not stuck in that same circle over and over again.
0: And that's pretty much what happened as well. I um, I got lost in that kind of world for a good couple of years I think and just ups mm. and downs like sort of fueled by weekends drinking between and then living like a life basically just to sustain <laughs> the chaos that I was kind of creating inside yeah. myself yeah. and around me and mm. so uh, yeah I think at the end of 2017 ended of, start of 2018 I was like no nah, it's time to really just buckle up and figure out what this is. So I yeah, bought like, like this Buddha statue <laughs> there, and oh, um, yes. listened <laughs> listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson, Um mm-hmm. mostly hung over just like listening to him talking about like facing the unknown and, you know, really taking it upon yourself to mm. uh, to confront yourself and confront your bullshit and mm-hmm. clean your room and fucking do all of this yeah. stuff and then... Go from there. Yeah. So, I've pretty much done a complete uh, transformation of how I mm. look at the world and approach life and stuff. And yeah, obviously, that's, that's where this podcast kind of comes through. Is now I'm confident yeah. enough in, in my own philosophy, but now I want to talk to other people and learn from them because I've seen that I, I understand what kind of transformation it takes to become these people that they've become. And it's fascinating to me how they have sort of gotten up here and what they're planning to do with their, I mean, essentially you learn that you have a superpower inside yourself to kind of do what you want to do for your life. And that's why I do this. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, it's that, it's that whole thing of, you know, like whether, whether your values line up with someone or not, it's, I, I, I really, really attracted to people who have, The thing that they want to do and they are pushing towards every single day because that's what makes them happy. I think it's so easy for us to get caught in this life that is comfortable and that is just sustainable. And at the end of the day, we've got we've got one life you know, we've got one body, we've got one mind, and it's just, it's just, why wouldn't you do the things that you really, really want to do, and it's and it's—it's it's doing things like taking a massive risk and starting a podcast, or, you know, for, for me, quitting university to pursue personal training and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, everyone's got their own little journey, and everyone, you know, the speed bumps in everyone's journey, the just as big for them as it is for anyone else Mm. you know and it's but it's so nice to have people and talk to people who are doing the things that they want because you can hear in their voice that they're while they maybe not be where they want to be they're they're happy because they're they're on that journey it's the journey that they want to be on not the journey that their university degree dictates or the one that their parents always wanted them to do or you know, mm. so it's, it's refreshing, man. It's, it's, so, it's so nice to talk to someone who's doing what they want to do because you can you can hear that passion voice and you, they want to talk about it <laughs> and it's not a dull conversation mm. of just, oh, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm okay. You know,
0: like, it's just no, yeah, it's it's, nice. To I relax. think life is um, fascinating to talk about as well because <sighs> – I mean just look at it like all around us you know like it's, it's, insane. it's yeah. insane that we're even that we're even here with the odds of existing mm. like um or you know being the one swimmer that <laughs> that became this yeah. whole person yeah. and now now you have to live and you have to love and you have to suffer and you have to go mm. through the complete ups and downs and learn how to navigate yeah. that yourself um mm. you know leaving the nest and blossoming into this person um just yeah, powerful dude, basically, and you have to yeah. learn how to do all of that and have relationships. Absolutely oh, astonishing. I know, <laughs> I know it's, it's it's insane. I don't, I, I sometimes just don't understand how
1: people do it, but it's just that's mm. it's the doing things you want that will, you know, help you get through those, you know, all of, all of those trials and tribulations and everything like that, because you know you're still moving. If you're constantly miserable, then something. Needs to change, and that, that that prevents you from blossoming as a human being. Because in order to blossom, you need to be, you know, taking in, you know, the food or you know the um, taking in the people that you want. And you can't you can't really become that human being that you want to be if you're not doing the things that you want to do as well. But yeah, let just it's just insane how yeah. I think I think Gary Vee says we've got one. I think it's a one in four trillion chance of being a human being. And, like, you know, while, while it's amazing that we are, it also comes with a lot of setbacks. You know, we have feelings, we have, you know, emotions, we have to go out and work, we have to, you know, yeah, you have relationships and stuff, but it's just, it's a, it's a fun
0: process at the same time, man. And it's just, mm. it's just a beautiful process. It's really cool. If you can yeah. learn to love the process, it's fucking, it's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I, exactly, I, and it's just getting, and then for a lot of people, um, it's about getting from a point where they h- hate the process to getting them to a point where they love the process of being exactly. basically um would you just exactly would you like to catch up, uh, catch me up on where you've been since high school I mean you said that you yeah. were kind of a dick <laughs> um I'm, I'm not too yeah, sure I don't, I don't I don't I don't really um rem- <laughs> I, I remember meeting you but I don't remember you being a dick yeah. so you can't have been too bad but um, do you want to talk about like how you went from being a dick to being to who you are now um, and yeah. what happens after high school that sort of led to what you're doing now which is competitive bodybuilding and personal training yeah. and you dropped out yeah. of uni uni as well so there's a cool little story that you can already see yeah. there what was your yeah. experience
1: so so, so essentially, yeah. When I finished high school, um, I had my sights set on going to university. I wanted to become a veterinarian. Uh, it had been something I'd always wanted when I was growing up. I'd done. We we. I grew up on a lifestyle block just in Pongana, which is just outside of Ashurst. Um, and yeah, it was just I just grew up around animals, and I've always had an absolute love for animals. I've always had dogs, chickens, sheep, all that sort of stuff, and I. I always wanted to be in a job where I was giving back or, you know, doing something that was actually beneficial for others or, you know, other animals and stuff like that. So, so I started my study down in Christchurch. I met um, my first ever serious girlfriend about two months into that. Um, And, and yeah, I was, I was in a relationship for about four years with her. So I went straight from high school into some sort of independence. And then two months later I had, you know a partner and stuff so their that, that independence was almost almost taken away you know when when you when you're in a relationship there's there's a lot of compromise and you know you've got to be thinking about someone else as well you know you can't just be very selfish and think about yourself um, and then so did the year down in Christchurch and moved back up to Palmy it's um, just just missing family and I was doing a an animal science degree. Down in Canterbury and I decided, oh no, I want to go straight into veterinary. Uh, so did did that, um, did it for a year and a half. I missed I missed the cutoff first year. Um, it's about a 10 percent intake, and I was I was way off. I mucked around, I was drinking a lot. Uh, very, very immature in that sense. You know, it was I was I was in my own flat, you know, I had the freedom of having a whole house to myself. I was in the uni halls first year where we had you know, rules and everything that we had to abide by. So I think I just kind of let loose, um, you know, which it was a blessing and a curse. It, I, I enjoyed it, but I also, I also spent $15,000 on university that I can never get back, but mm. I had to pay back. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I decided about halfway through my second, second year. So um, second year of veterinary third year of university that I just wasn't enjoying it. I'd, I was, I was really stressed. I was studying about 40 hours a week. I was working another 20 on top in retail. Um, and I just, I just lost a passion for it. And it was, it was a big decision for me to turn around and say, Hey, I don't know what I wanted to do. You know, I had always thought personal training was, you know, for jocks and everything like that. And then I had actually developed a big passion for it, um, within my first year of university. And, yeah, so I decided to quit university and just work work full time for a little while while I worked out what I wanted to do. I didn't want to jump. I wasn't too sure I wanted to pursue, and then and then yeah, and then I decided on personal training while I was working a warehouse job. I um, even that, I remember I was so nervous. My my dad's a my dad's a doctor. Mum used to work in like big pharmaceutical companies and then she's she's got like a you know, really good English degree and everything like that. So they're both very well educated people and the whole the whole thing growing up it was drilled into us education, education, education. And you know, and at the time I thought it was just them being selfish, them wanting just wanting what they wanted from me. You know, I never realized that they were just wanting me to set myself up as much as possible to then have the freedom to do whatever I wanted. You know, and so I, I remember sitting down with my parents and having that conversation and I was I was almost in tears. I was so nervous because I was saying, man, I'm gonna tell my parents that I'm gonna quit university I've quit university. This you know, to, from an eight third, third year, technically. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Third year. To to then go get a certificate, you know, to to, to do something that could be gained you know, that could be gained within six months sort of thing. And I just, and you know, personal training has always had a bad rap, um, you know, because the qualifications are so easy to get. But yeah, I sat down with them and I told them and they, they were just so happy for me, just really, really happy for me. Cause they said, at the end of the day, we just want you to do what you want. Um, and, and kind of from them um, and my, my relationship unfortunately ended. With, with that partner after almost four years, but kind of from them, man, every, everything's been on the up because I've, I've, I've learned to be a little bit selfish. I've learned to kind of do the things, I felt like I was catering a lot to that person within my relationship and I wasn't really allowing myself the freedom to go and do the things that I wanted to do. And so, so yeah, so once, once I started, I'd, I'd studied while I was working full time came out of it, started my PT business, and it's just been insane from there. I've lived over in the UK for a year, now living in Brisbane with my partner. And yeah, things, things are just going really well, man. Just really, really well. So I'm just, yeah, I think I'm on that path to where, I start, I'm, start, I'm still at the start, but I'm, I'm on that path of where I want to go. And I'm, and I'm very, very happy with where I'm at. Um, but I still have a lot of things that I want to achieve and things that I want to push for as well. So, so yeah, it's pretty, but it's pretty much been your
0: lo- love in the process by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, I, I do. Like, I, like I said, I always wanted to be doing, I always wanted to do something that benefited people. I always wanted, or, or, or even animals or, and with, with personal training, it's it's so much more than just having a client come in and, just training them and then telling them to pass off for a week and I'll see them next week. You know, it's, I, I, you know, in with my clients in terms of their sleep patterns, their nutrition intake. I do the programming outside of our sessions and everything like that. I, I try and do as much as I possibly can to get them to their goals, regardless of how much money they pay me, regardless of how well they adhere to it. I want to provide them with all the tools that I possibly can and that, that's the satisfaction for me is, is seeing a client who, you know, is able to push towards their goals and is able to, you know, be happy when they look in the mirror first thing in the morning or, you know, walk up that hill that they've never been able to walk up. All, all of those sorts of things. And that's, that's the real satisfaction for me. Mm. Um, and that's why I think I just enjoy the process so much is because I enjoy making, making other people happy as well
0: um yeah that's pretty much it yeah gary v's dope as well eh (laughs) gary v's a man yeah i I love that
1: he's very very straightforward very straightforward and i i I like
0: that i like that i like that it's happiness over everything else um Hmm. that's like that's the key part like the money matters but not so much as actually being happy like that being the priority and that you're enjoying what you're doing every day um and it sounds exactly. like you are, and that you're patient, but you're still working towards towards those goals. So, if I can, yeah, thanks. I think there's, <laughs> yeah, I think there's always got to be some sort
1: of progression. You've always got to be pushing for something more, and and there will be times where where it's hard and it's difficult and it feels like you you want to give up, but it's just trying to keep in mind the end goal of what you want to achieve. Mm. You know, for me, I want to I want to get to a position where yeah. I have a family, I have a house, but I have kids who never, who never have to worry about, you know, not being able to go on a school camping trip or, you know, not being able to, you know, do the things that they want to do or not being able to experience life to the fullest. I want to have that, that sort of financial freedom, but I also want to build my business to the point where I can have that availability to, to be there for my kids when I do have them. And, you know, I only want to ideally be working say 20 hours a week. Once, once I'm, once I'm a parent, and you know, try and, try and be the, be the dad that my dad always was, um, sort of thing. And yeah, just try, just try and live, live life the way that I want to live it, as well. Yeah, just not worrying so much. No, I'm worried about money now because I don't have kids. You know, I don't have <laughs> to. I don't. You know, I've only got say like my partner to think about, and you know, she's a personal trainer as well, so it, it works hand in hand really well. Um, but it's just the time to kind of set myself up for the future. And that's, that's just another part of my happiness as well. There's so no, you, you know, when it gets that point of, you know, buying a house or having, no, no, we run our businesses separately. Um, we we have overlapping, you know, business ideas and stuff like that. But, but we, yeah, at, at the moment we only, we run our businesses separately. So
0: mm. yeah. So how did you but, get yeah. started in, in making that? business
1: um so it was it was i literally i literally did a, a personal training course mm. and then once that finished a, a week later i quit quit my job at the warehouse and i went and started working at city fitness palms north mm. um and and from from there it's just it's just gaining experience and it's just learning about how you talk to people and how you train people. And I, I'll admit when I, when I started as a personal trainer, I was shocking. I (laughs) was, I was a terrible personal trainer. I wasn't doing the right things for people. I wasn't prioritizing their health. I was just more worried about, I want this person to have a great workout. So they come back next week. You know, it's, it's, you know, I wanted them, I wanted them to feel good you know, it was like I said, it was never about the money for me, but I wanted them to feel really good. And I I rushed a lot of things that I shouldn't have rushed. Um, I didn't prioritize people, their their movement, any aches and pains they had, you know, whether they're able to get out of bed in the morning without lower back pain, but then also not working with their body in terms of what they can do and what they can't do. I was so Mm. focused on just trying to, just train them really hard and get them feel, you know, get, have them sweating, have their heart rate up. Um, whereas now I've kind of learned, I've learned a lot more. Um, every, every client that I have have prioritized the way that they move first, ensure that they can do everything a regular human being should be able to do. And then, you know, and then I train, you know, I work around any, any limitations they had, whether it's mobility focused or whether it's just simply their, their body structure won't allow and it's just trying to yeah i'm just i'm just a lot smarter with my approach now and i found that sustainability of clients a lot higher than ones that i had just coming in just to get absolutely yeah absolutely ridiculous work out and sort of thing so sorry is that too loud
0: So, um. No, that should be fine. I can hear the siren in the background. That's all. Bitter. Yeah. 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 So,
1: so, yeah. So I live. I live next to a main road. So it's just it's oh, a cool.
0: pain in the ass. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah. As well. Did you Did you go to university at all? No,
0: nah, I never never bothered with it no. because I was uh very much stuck in this kind of paralysis of not like too many like having too many options and then just not. Particularly fussed about mm. uh, wanting to keep on going to school. I was pretty over school by then. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I just didn't really um, <laughs> yeah, didn't really so feel me. like doing it. Um, and then mm. time kind of just passed, and then it just hasn't. And then I've kind of been interested in starting my own businesses as well, particularly in the last mm-hmm. few years and stuff. And I think what that's. kind of businesses? I'm not too sure. Probably just commerce um, and something. Mm-hmm. I'm very much still a person trying to find their niche, trying to find their their passion. Um, so I'd be interested in doing a range of things like um, learning to in- just learning financial savviness and learning to invest in general. And um, oh, that's that's
1: definitely the way to go, isn't it? Like, it's just- I've, I've told myself I'm going to learn about the stock markets and I, have, I haven't yet. I'm just so busy, but it's just at that learning to invest and in what to do with your money is just, yeah, it's
0: a smart What do you do at the moment? Is. Do you, is it just in a savings account or?
1: Yeah, just in a savings account. So, so it's just what I, what I earn, everything I earn, I put back into my business.
0: Hmm.
1: Can you just shut that please, bud? I think they're like right outside our glass. Um, so yeah, I don't, are they stopped there? I don't know, um, but yeah. So, so at the moment, yeah, what what I do is I just focus on just saving as much as I can. At the mm. moment, um, so we've just moved into a new apartment. We just we're about to purchase a car, stuff like that. So it's just just ensuring that I have the in, the the sustainable income to do that. Mm. Um, and then from there, it's looking at looking at building the business. So ideally, I want to purchase purchase my own studio, that's something that I'm looking at over the next three to five years. Um, but then potentially having trainers under, under employment um, and then also build, just building a brand from my sole trader business at the moment. I just want to build it to the point where I can have other people do that work and so I can reduce my hours and still have that income coming in and you know allow myself the freedom that I've always kind of dreamt of as well to just go and, go and do the things that I want to do as
0: well. 100%. So, And I I don't think uni really teaches you how to do that either. I think it's it's very much something that's only on you to be able to craft your life. Um, And that's, that's always been my kind of thinking is that I'm still figuring out what I'm doing, but I'm aware that if I'm patient and I just keep working towards or see something that I want and work towards it, that things will just start working out, and I I very much just have kind of a trust in the process that it's just going to work out. Which kind of sounds a little bit floozy, but I don't think it is. I think it's a real valid like way of moving through life as long as you're working towards something, uh, and reading books, and um, you know mm. developing some form of skill or type of thinking that it's that process is going to take me to where I want to be uh, course. if I'm patient. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's when I, you I, want it right now, when you start getting in traps and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's that whole thing of, if you're doing what you love, it doesn't matter how much money you make. For you know, sure. if it, like, you know, if, if like Gary v, it's like that happiness is number one and that, that income will come with that happiness. But if you're, if you're making, you know, seven figures a year, but you are absolutely miserable day in and day out, it's, you can't call that a life. That's not, you're not living a life. And it's just, it's, it's good, man, that you're, that you're taking that, almost, almost, you know, jumping into the deep end as I say, you know, you're, you're throwing yourself in there. But the thing mm. is, is that like you, you'll learn to swim and you'll learn, you'll learn, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a continual learning process. None of us have any idea what, what the hell we're doing. None, yeah, of, us, sure. none of us do, we're, we're, all just, we're all just winging it. Some people mm. just wing it better than others. So, but yeah, it's, as long as you're working towards what you want at the end of the day, nothing, nothing else matters. You're going to have people that surround you that you want to be surrounded with because you're in your lane and those people are just running parallel to you and they're just, they're running with you and you'll find you have this small circle, but it's, it's a close knit circle. It's one that you can trust. It's one that you want to be a part of rather than having this massive circle of friends that you don't really care about. They don't really care about you and you only do things to, keep them in that circle to keep them happy rather than focusing on yourself and attracting the people that you want to attract
2: mm.
0: yeah that makes sense because yeah. I used to have um, a lot of friends and but it's never really like deep friendships it was all kind of yeah. not superficial but we're all keeping each other around just to have company almost like exactly, yeah. And you, you see that at a lot of like trappy parties as well it's like people who don't look particularly happy to be there but they're all just there because there's nowhere else nowhere else to be we want company and stuff and yeah
1: Yeah. i've got nothing better to do i might as well just get pissed this weekend you know and that's like you said that's that's all well and good if that's what you want to do and if that's you know how you connect with your friends and stuff like that but if you're at a party with 50 60 people you know, and you only know three of them, you know, it's just kind of going, okay, like, why am I here? What is, Mm. you know, is this bringing any substance to my life? And if it is, great, keep on doing it. But if you're just there for the sake of it being a party and the sake of it, you know, you've been bored on a Saturday night, Mm. it needs, you know, that's, especially around around now we're getting to our age as well, it's kind of, it kind of needs to be all right. I want to start doing things that make me happy, not what not what makes everyone else happy or makes everyone 100%. else seem happy.
0: Mm. Yeah, and to to me, is, uh, that looks like just reading a book on a Friday or Saturday night sometimes now, exactly. which exactly. is yeah. mind blowing to me now. But it's so like it's it's so good in that moment. Mm. Um, <laughs> do you read much? Mm. What's your bit? What's Sorry, been your most? You cut out. Uh, do you read much?
1: No, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm. Um, for for me, I I really struggle to switch off. Um, so I I usually I usually start around seven am in the mornings with clients, and then I usually finish up at around eight pm. So for me, there's there's not a there's not a lot of there's obviously I'm obviously I'm not working that whole entire time. I have gaps in the day, but I am constantly moving, mm. over and over again. So yeah. I've, I haven't been reading much. I, I study, I do my own personal study, especially if I've got a client where something comes up, I'll, I'll research and if I don't know, or it's just constant, um, signed up to a few forums and um, web, websites that allow me mm. to, to kind of teach myself as well. I don't want to go back to university. Um, so I kind of teach myself through that. Um, I, was, I was reading a lot while I was in the UK um but it's more it's more like the life coaching book so that the jordan peterson sorry no it's not jordan peterson um of of not giving a fuck who's, yeah who's that yeah boy? i've heard of that one mark uh, mark, mark what who is it i'm looking at her because she's got she's got the book <laughs> in our room um yeah mark mark branson is it I, I don't know Roughly. anyway yeah. yeah so 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 those those kind of books as well and then you know sports nutrition books and stuff like cool. that so i'm i'm very boring in that sense um well that's you're just, you're that's just, just in your I like. yeah 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 i just i just enjoy it i love learning things about the human body i think the human body is yeah. one of the most amazing amazing things Mm. absolutely it's just it's insane what it's capable of what its limitations are you know what little adjustments here and there in terms of your food intake and your training and and certain stimulus you know your know, vi- micronutrients what you get in and yeah just it just amazes me and i, I never i never get bored with it mm. just i just i just love to keep on learning and i love to just see you know what more i can provide to my clients what more i can you know provide to myself in terms of my own training my own diet and yes it's just fun for me it's just fun um i'm just
0: what about you you i'm just starting to get into that kind of stuff as well or the awareness mm. of um what i'm eating and how it's making me feel like so that's crazy isn't it a can of coke which i just kind of recently realized is just like the most disgusting looking liquid you could possibly put in your body. Mm. I mean, I still drink it every now and then, but it, it's still, it's, <laughs> it's gross. It's gross, man. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. But I mean, watching how that'll sort of perk me up for about 10 minutes before my body just starts yeah. shutting down because of it. it. Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, but- same with bread. <laughs> um oh. Yeah. It's quite funny how your
1: food intake actually dictates so much. So in terms of, you know, you look, you look at that can of Coke, you think it's, it's got, say, I think it's got about 25 to 30 grams of your carbohydrates, but it's all sugar. It's all Mm. sugar. And what what happens is the body is able to utilize it very, very quickly. And, you know, it can absorb very quickly and it gives, that's why you get that massive spike Mm. is your body just utilising that energy as soon as it comes in, but once the energy's used as well, it's it's gone, and the body's the body's craving it, so it gets this massive peak, and there, there's got to be some sort of balance there. As soon as there's that massive peak, it's got to be followed by a massive trough, and it's just it's just that sugar just being used just like that, and then your body's going. Man, that felt great. It's you think think of it the same as you know, like it's, okay, this is exaggerating a bit, but say like methamphetamine. You know, people people get that high and then they crave that high over and over again, but it's always followed by the deep troughs afterwards, which is why they're so low and why they crave those highs again. And that's that's the main issue with sugar. I think everyone should have sugar in their diet. It tastes great. It you know makes you feel good, and you know it allows you to kind of spoil yourself a little bit. But, yeah, it's just noticing those fluctuations and
0: energy changes is is crazy. Absolutely crazy. My um, flatmate, in, uh, while I was living in Gold Coast, uh, Clement, is uh, a French dude, and he uh, stopped drinking, and he'd fully gotten into what it looked like to be on a health buzz. And um, mm. he looked great for it. Like, he became what well, he seems like just happiness in a person kind of thing like it was yeah. it's kind of hard to ex- hard to explain in that way I suppose but just he paid careful attention to what he ate in the morning compared to what he eat at night time so we went for a trip to uh Nimbin and then Byron Bay and he set yeah. me up with breakfast uh lunch and tea I think breakfast was like a it was a protein shake with uh, coconut oil in it so that the body processed it as similarly to food or something like that. Um, so i so say the fat, the fat allows that. So
1: fat is more of a slow release energy. Mm. Um, so, so what it does is it actually, yeah, it's not as processed. So it allows the body to digest it, just a little more, digest the protein a little more effectively mm. and utilize it a little slower as well. Cause fat
0: takes longer to digest. And uh, a coffee with butter instead of milk, black coffee with butter. So that it was the same thing. It sort of processes it in slowly. Um, And then for lunch Mm. was uh, hard-boiled eggs and carrots and celery with hummus. And Mm -hmm. then there was some light snack in the middle of the afternoon, which I can't remember. But then it was evening when he made this beautiful homemade bread with like you know, like um nice kind of meats and and lettuces and and uh mm. and stuff like that. And he was explaining how you don't want like for an energize, a fully energized day throughout the day, you want to have those carbs near the end. So you can still kind of enjoy that type of food, but you want to have it at the end of the day wet so that you haven't so that you're not sluggish throughout the whole start of the day by having carbs in the morning?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, to, to an an extent. Yes. Um, for for me, I have carbohydrates in every single meal of my day. Um, I think, I think it's more about, more about the, the intolerance of the body as well. So it's just, it's just, can my body digest this and can my body handle it? So you'll have foods that you'll eat where you feel like absolute crap afterwards. You need to go to the toilet directly afterwards. And they're just, they're just foods that don't agree with your gut. So it's more, it's more about finding those foods that agree with the gut, but then also just, just your portion control. So it's just ensuring that you want to get all your macronutrients. And I'd never recommend having a lower carb diet, you know, carbohydrates are our fuel, you know, they that, that is our fuel source. That that's like when you when you put you know when you put ninety-one fuel in your car, that's mm. exactly what carbohydrates okay. are. And so you need to provide a nice consistent intake of those carbohydrates. Mm. Um, yes, I, I get in the in the morning, you know, that the energy demand from the body is a lot lower. You know, you've had a whole night to sleep, you you're recovered, you know, you're waking up in the morning, you're not usually going and doing something straight off the bat. Um, so that's where I understand that slightly lower carb intake in the morning, but I always recommend, always recommend carbohydrates for for anyone as well. Um, just, just because, just because it allows you to have that consistent fuel source. And it's not, if you're, if you're having it from whole foods, you're not getting the same spike as you would with sugar. You're getting more of a consistent heightened energy level throughout the day. Um, he, he might, he, he'll he feel great off of that lower carb intake with a higher intake at the end of the day because that's what his body is used to. For me, mm. if I don't have carbohydrates all day, I feel like absolute crap. Mm. And I'm going, man, I just want to eat, I just want to eat, I just want to eat. So, but but it's, it's about, you know, your, your body is a big, Big coping mechanism. Uh, wh- whatever you throw at it, it'll learn to adapt. Whether it's optimal or not for the body, it, it'll learn to adapt. It's a, it's a smart, smart machine, but it's not going to send you signals, hey, we need this, we need this, we need this, if you're not going to listen to it and you're not going to throw it at it. So what it does is adapt and it says, hey, I'm, I'm fine with this You know, this lower carb intake and a slightly higher fat intake. This, this is going to work but it, it doesn't mean that the body's necessarily performing at an optimal level as well. Um, in terms in terms of the carbs at the end of the day, you know, all you're doing is just providing the ener- energy for your body to recover mm. as well. So you'd have, you'd probably place it usually with a higher protein intake. And then while you sleep, you're actually able to optimize your recovery a little bit more.
0: So what would a, uh, what would like a well-balanced, like what, what, what do you eat during the day? <laughs> Well, my,
1: everyone's needs are different. Yeah. You know, you've, you know, some, someone who is, you know, 50 kilos is going to have a completely different dietary intake than say someone with a hundred kilos mm. or someone who is a hundred and 120 kilos of pure fat. versus so someone who's 120 kilos of pure muscle. They're going to have very, 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 very different dietary intakes. Um, the best, the best way to do it is I always recommend just tracking your calories, tracking mm. your intake. Um, so there's there's something that we call your basal metabolic rate, which is essentially the amount of calories you need per day in order to in order to maintain your weight. So it's B A S A L, yeah. And and so that that there is the bare minimum that you will require every single day just to keep your body functioning. On top of that, you have you have exercise if you're exercising. And so you need to add in those calories accordingly. There's a there's a website that calculates it all for you, but then then from there it's really just trial and error. That's what you know. I always get I always have clients just sit at what I call their maintenance. So that should be the calories that they intake per day to maintain their current body weight. Um, and then from there, you can, you can notice fluctuations in terms of weight, in terms of body composition, where they distribute their fat, whether they're holding as much water as well. So it's, it, it, it is annoying in the sense that it is a trial and error process, but once you get to understand your body a little bit more, I mean, for me, I, I track relatively loosely now because I understand what I need to intake per day in order to maintain my weight, in order to lose weight, in order to gain muscle as well um, but that's usually usually the first step and then just having an idea in terms of what you're intaking per day if, if you're resistance training you, you're going to need a slightly higher protein intake because what you've got to do is you've got to provide you've got to provide the nutrients for the muscle to actually recover and grow as well but if you're a very very sedentary person you know who sits at a desk all day and doesn't work out you don't need as many carbohydrates because you, you're not you're not forcing as much fuel expenditure per day. So it's just, it's just finding that kind of balance that works for you. But if you're, Mm. if you're starting a diet and you're noticing, okay, I want to lose weight I'm gaining weight. Okay. You just reduce that food intake a little bit. You don't go doing something crazy like keto or Atkins or anything like that. There's, there's no magic diet that works better than any other. It's whether you're, eating more calories than what you're burning per day or you're eating less calories than what you're burning per day. And that'll dictate whether you're gaining weight or losing weight. It's Mm -hmm. it's honestly that simple at the end of the day, but it's, but it's also trying to find, you know, how much you are actually intaking because a lot of people don't actually know what they're taking in per day. I have a lot of clients come to me and say, I eat really healthy get them to do a food log and it's just it's just terrible and they're eating a lot more than what they initially told me that they were eating and you know mm. they're snacking throughout the day which they're not tracking and you know there's there's so many factors that go into it but it is it starts with just tracking your food from day one getting used to how how many calories are in kind of each food source and everything like that and then you can start to become a little more relaxed and a little more loose with your tracking and start to understand your body's needs on a daily basis
0: as well. It seems like you need to basically start from scratch and completely start like start studying mm. yourself essentially like it's its own subject, like. Yeah, you you do. Like it's like I said, everybody's body is
1: different you know, for that, for, for, your, for your flatmate that you live with, you know, that lower calorie, that lower carb intake for him was great. For me, when I was on my last bodybuilding prep, when I was on my low carb days, I, I, it was, it was, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was grumpy as hell. And, you know, for me, for me it just doesn't work. And then when I'm in my off season, I will, I will have a lot a lot of carbs per per meal as well, and that starts for first meal in the morning, but my needs say are very, very different to his as well, and also it comes down to personal preference in terms of whether, if, if you don't like eating carbs, don't eat carbs then, that's fine, it's up to you, you know, I'd always recommend it, but some people just, you know, they feel it doesn't agree with their body, they, they just don't like the digestion process, they don't like the taste of it carbohydrates and that's absolutely fine you work around your personal preference but overall those calories within that day need to be hit you need to be consistent with that whether you like eating carbs whether you like eating fats whether you like eating your protein all Mm. of those there because at the end of the day it's like i said that calories in versus calories out balance
0: did you start learning about your nutrition uh like as you're becoming a bodybuilder or did you do it from the very first time you stepped into the gym kind of thing
1: no, so, so the first time I stepped into the gym was in, I was in first year of university, and I honestly thought I was going to be a muscle and fitness cover model in six months. <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know where the thought came from, but I thought, man, six months time, I'm going to look good. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be sorted in six months. And I, I, I did it initially to to get more girls. You know, I was in high school, I was skinny. I was, you know, 60, 60 something kilos wet. And, and, you know, I just, you know, and it was just myself and three, three friends of mine. We just all thought, okay, we're going to go to the gym. We're going to get some girls and stuff like that. And I think, oh man, it would have been the first three months. I just completely forgot about girls. Didn't care. Well, I had a partner as well, eventually. Um, but I just didn't care about it. And I just love the process of going in and really pushing yourself and seeing those physical changes um, so the first two years that I was lifting, I were almost throwaway years. I I didn't train very well. My diet was shocking. I was I was in a uni hall and then I was flatting and I was poor as hell. Yeah, it wasn't until I started working full-time and I actually hired my first coach as well for my first bodybuilding show, um, that 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 I started to really, really understand the importance of nutrition and and how it works in terms of, you know, losing weight, maintaining muscle, you know, what to manipulate when. And yeah, it, it, it's a fine art. And, you know, the, 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 top guys in the industry, are absolute wizards and, you know, in, in their own right geniuses as well, because it is such a hard process, especially to dial someone into the point of stepping on a bodybuilding stage. It's, it's not as simple as your calories in versus your calories out. That's, mm. It's a, lot, it's
0: a lot more complicated, yeah. So uh, how do you stay on track, like, for when you're, like, instead of going to, like, McDonald's or something, like, how do you stay on track mm-hmm. mentally? Um, and with, like, the tough, like, because some days I'll go to the gym. Uh, I hate to admit it, but I was, um, when I was going to the gym every day up until mm. – Two weeks ago, or something, where I just realized that it wasn't working. But um, I'd go every day, and um, I'd find that I'd feel about 15 minutes on like a Thursday or something. I'd be like, Oh, well, that's it. (laughs) Like, I just had it. I'm just kind of sick of it. Like, just sort of burnt myself out from it. Um, But I, you know, there's just tougher days sometimes, like where your best Mm -hmm. isn't as good as you know, your best. <laughs> how do you, yeah. how do you yeah. get through those days? So it's for, for me, it's, it's, un, for me, when
1: I, when I look at those days that I really don't want to do it, I know even if I go in and do something, because you, you can't give your best every single day. It's, it's not going to happen. You, your, your progression is not linear. It doesn't, it doesn't work like this. It is, it is a peak and down and up again and then down a little bit. And and you've, you've just got to be accepting of that as well. So even if there's a day that you're not feeling it, even going in and, you know, say you're usually there for an hour doing half an hour and doing something that you want to do, you know, say if you're supposed to train your legs and you really don't want to, and you want to train your arms or your shoulders, just go do that. It's some, something is always better than nothing. Mm. So, so, and then when you walk out of that gym, if, if you don't go in with the expectation of I'm going to have the best workout you just go in to just go through the motions, you'll come out the other side, feeling a lot better mm. than that, you know, because you can tell yourself, Hey, while I, while it wasn't the best workout I've ever had, I still came in and got it done. And that, that there is a, is a much easier pill to swallow than going, man, I really should have gone to the gym today, but I just couldn't be, couldn't be bothered. Mm. You know, like we, we all have busy days and we all have days where, you know, it's just not going to work and that's fine because you understand that it just wasn't going to work. But if you're sitting there going, I don't want to do it, that's when you need to just suck it up and just go and do something. Something has been, go, go for a, even if you don't go to the gym, go for a 15, 20 minute walk, you know, do Just do something that allows you to keep that habit in, but also allows you to mentally clear your mind. For me, the the gym is a massive getaway place for me. I put my headphones on, I have my my music cranked up, I don't talk to anyone. And for me, it's it's just my time. It's my time to better myself and my time to go through the process that I enjoy going through. And, And for a lot of people, that is the gym. You know, whether they have the same goals as me or not. Everyone goes there because it's a little bit of a getaway and it helps them mentally as well as physically. So just doing something, doing mm-hmm. something over nothing is always going to be better as well. And once once you start that something, you'll find you get into it very, very quickly and you get back into that mindset that you struggled to get in 10 minutes before you walked into the gym or 10 minutes before you went out for that walk. But yeah, but also ensuring that you're resting enough as well. I know you said that you were going seven days a week. Uh, no, it was, sorry, it was every weekday, so I was going five days. Oh, every week, okay. And, yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. so it's also ensuring that you, rest, you are resting enough as well because your body needs that time to allow the muscles to recover. And also your central nervous system can become quite taxed, especially if you're training every single day. Um, that, that fatigue over time is just going to slowly build up because you're not allowing enough recovery. That's when you're going to have those days when you go, oh, man, I can't be bothered that's when it's going to turn into rather than just having that one day off, it's going to be that three days off or that week off. And then that's when you start getting into that
0: bad habit as well. So I wasn't but even that lazy. My body was just trying to tell my mind that it was tired basically. Yeah. So, so you doing five days in a row is,
1: is tough. Like, I mean, I train five days a week, but I'll do, I do three days on one day off, two days on one day off. You know, so I I never work out more than three days in a row because, a, a I, I, I train really really hard, so my body needs that recovery. But also also B, I've got other stuff to do, man. <laughs> I, can't, I can't train seven days a week. I'm, yeah. i have got other things that I need to prioritise, and you know I've got I've got friends that I want to go see, family that I want to talk to, you know, that are back home, and it's just yeah. So it's about providing that stimulus for your body to actually recover. You know, if you're, if you're training and you're still sore, you know, a week later, you know you're doing a little too much and you need to draw back. And you'll notice that fatigue will start to build up over time. And that's when you see those diminishing results because you're not allowing the body to repair the muscle completely before you start tearing it down again. You start forcing it to do something else. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like getting a broken leg and then trying to play rugby only halfway through your rehab. You know, it's just you—you—you you, know—you're not going to be able to perform the same way as if you—if you had waited until you were completely recovered. You know, and and then you increase your risk of injury and all of those as well. So it's just—it's just resting, but then also just keeping consistent, having having the days in place where you go right, can I can one hundred make it, hundred percent make it to the gym, three days a week. Stick to that. Just hit three days a week. It doesn't doesn't have to be any more than that. Or if you can go, hey, I can do five. Do five, you know. Mm. Don't set your expectations so high to the point where you can't adhere to it, because you're just going to leave yourself disappointed, and that's when you're going to fall off the wagon, and that's when you're, you know, going to go back into that cycle of not being happy and you know not having that consistency as well.
0: Hundred percent. I think the difference between me got because I've there's been other periods of time, like in 2018 when I was going to the gym, and in 2019 where I was going to the gym but not for the whole year. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. 2020, yeah. I think, is different because um, I've sort of come to accept that um, as long as I'm doing my best, I'm still all right. Like, I don't have... Like, it's... I, I think I used to treat it as an ultimatum. If I didn't make it, then I wasn't going to make it again because I was had enough of it for the week and then suddenly, like you say, you're just uh, off the wagon. Whereas yeah. I think this time I... I kind of go in and I, oh, you know, what's actually really important is the, the power of habit, like learning to create habits. Definitely. Um, have you, have you heard of that idea where it's like three days on oh, no, three weeks to form a habit, three months to form a lifestyle? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's
1: 60, 66 days total. I think is the, um, is the kind of gold number in terms of creating that lifestyle. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very important. Very important, mm. because once it becomes part of your daily routine, it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like something extra that you have to do. You know, and, and also, you know, it's about building those things that you want to do on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, you find you create that consistency in what what, you, what people consider a small area of your life. It's amazing how it affects the rest of your lifestyle as well.
0: Mm. Um, what other things have you applied that kind of rule to? Like well in terms of habits like yeah consciously like okay if i do this for three weeks or three months or two sorry six mm. to six days or something like have you applied that to anything else in your life where you're like i want to do this
1: yeah well well my my, my sleep routine is very very important to me i'm um, creating that consistency around sleep i feel like a lot of people especially with screens these days social media but then also everyone seems to be working more everyone's working out more as well um i feel like a lot of sleep patterns have been thrown out the window Mm. and and sleep sleep is so important you know like i said your your body is a big coping mechanism and so what happens is that when you create that really nice sleep pattern regardless of how your day went if you're constantly going to bed at you know 10 p.m every single night the body starts to wind down and shut down for that point. And that's when you can create that consistency. Then you're also getting the exact, and you know, and once you're in that sleep as well, you've taught the body, okay, we're not going to wake up until 6am, 7am, whatever time it is. And you'll find you have much more restful sleeps. You'll feel better within the mornings because you're not constantly switching up the times that you fall asleep and you wake up. Uh, Sleep's Mm -hmm. been a really important one. Nutrition, of course um but also yeah consistency in training as well so what i do is i i track all of my trainings as well i've got a little diary that i write everything down in and and what that allows me to do is that allows me to stay on track and that's just been a habit i've had to build as well it's hard halfway through a workout going in writing down what you're doing and how it felt and whether you should you know increase the weight next week or keep it the same and just do it better and all of that but it's yeah it's just trying to trying to manage as much as i can within my lifestyle but having having the freedom to also you know be spontaneous with certain things you know like in in the weekends you know I, i'm very very loose with my nutrition because i understand that say my partner and i want to go go out for lunch or go out for breakfast or even go to dinner and have a couple of drinks and yeah, so it's just mm. it's just it's just finding like a nice fine
0: balance between everything. You know, you That want to, was actually you want to, a question I had for you. Actually, was how you um, deal with like uh, like in Western society, we have this relationship with food, where it's, you know it's very social. We go out to drinks, mm. we we go to restaurants and have you know big slabs of meat <laughs> on the table yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that, or or um, and or you know just going. Um, on Macca's trips and stuff. It's so like ingrained mm. in our culture. How do you deal mm. with that when you're, you know, a bodybuilder? Just leave it to me. So, so, well, so,
1: so when I'm prepping, if, if I'm, if I'm not told I can have what we call a cheat meal, if I'm not told I can have that, I don't, I just don't do it. Mm. Um, you know, especially in prep, I want to step on stage knowing that I gave 100%. You know, I didn't miss a meal. I didn't muck around. Um, but the, in terms of you know when I'm not competing, I'm in a, what we call an off season. I, I follow the eighty twenty rule, so eighty percent clean, twenty percent whatever I want, and it's it allows you to adhere to a diet so much more easily. So you know if you if you have you know say you know five days of the week where you eat very very healthy, and then two days I know that percentage is off there. But if you have five days a week where you're very consistent, two days where you're not so consistent, it's easy to adhere to those five days because you know that you're like, all right, I've just got to eat clean for the next three days and then I'm going to head out to dinner with so-and-so and I'm just going to enjoy myself. Mm. And, but if, if you're trying to do 100% all of the time, like I said, you're going, to, you're going to crash and burn at some point. You're going to fall completely off the wagon. It's about creating adherence long-term you know, if you want to, if you want to have a diet, you want something that you can sustain. Nobody can sustain a hundred thing all year round. Mm. It's not, it's just not, it's just not feasible at all. Unless, you know, you want to be the best bodybuilder that's ever lived. It's, it's just, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, even, even if you see professional athletes, professional athletes always have their big, big meals and everything like that. So you need to have that freedom in order to reward yourself for adhering, you know, all those other days as well. And then I just, what I just do is when I, when I do go out and have that meal, I'll just, I'll just control my portion size. I don't, I don't completely blow everything out. So I will say, if I went and get a burger, uh, go and get a burger, like grilled over here is my favorite. I just I mm, eat yeah, that nice. yeah. every single week. But for <laughs> me, all I'll do is I'll just get a, I'll just get a burger and fries. That's it. You know, I don't, I don't go, Oh, okay, this is my meal off. I'm going to get, two burgers, three fries. I'm going to get a yeah, milkshake. Right. Yeah. What I do is I keep my portion size in the same. So a, I don't think I don't take in so many calories that I just blow the rest of my dieting week out, but also b, afterwards. I feel satisfied, but not sick. Mm. You know, you should never be eating to the point where you feel sick. Um, so yeah. And, and because takeaway foods have a lot of, um, a lot of ingredients in it that do tend to upset people's stomach, you know, whether, whether you've got, you know, lactose, you know, people are very dairy intolerant or, you know, people relatively gluten intolerant and then they have buns and stuff. It's if, if you keep that portion size, just a little bit smaller and something that you can actually digest and, and actually process, you'll find that you have that meal, you feel great afterwards and therefore you can go in tomorrow and you can just go back to being consistent. Mm as well so that's that's what i'd recommend it's just, just having relative consistency but also enjoying yourself don't stop yourself from doing the things that you want to do because it's, it's pointless it's pointless mm. we've got a we got a life to live we've got friends to hang out with we've got you know food places to try there's there's no point in yeah living <laughs> and turning completely. all of that down just because you can't you can't yeah, yeah. exactly exactly you've got to you've got to enjoy
0: it yeah, It reminds me of um, like a, a Buddhist philosophy, which is the middle way. So not being like um, not being fully monk, but not being fully like loose unit or something like you know, just trying to yeah. find something. Like it's really just about the balance, like and accepting being Absolutely. human, uh, being a part of uh, a part of being human is actually wanting things that aren't necessarily good for us all the time or something or. Or yeah. you know, within our own definition of what's good and what's bad as well. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we, we
1: we all know we all we all know where to draw the line in terms of what's good and what's bad. You know, it, it there, there is a fine there there is a definitive line, you know, and it's it's about, you know, whether you want to be that person, you know, to to, you know, preach that good and have that little bit bad. Not all the not all the bad is really bad. You know, it's, you know, there's things that we all do in our lives that say, you know, we maybe shouldn't be doing or, you know, but that's, that's the whole point of growing up, the whole point of, you know, living life as a human being. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. And, you know, what you deem as perfect is different to what I deem as perfect as well. So as long as, Mm -hmm. as long as, you know, you, as long as, as long as people aren't hurting someone or hurting themselves, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with however anyone wants to live their life as well. Because are, are you Buddhist?
0: Or um, I don't subscribe to like any specific religion, but I sorry, like. I remember you saying in your first
1: podcast,
0: yeah, yeah, I like a bit of Christianity. I like a bit of Buddhism, and I like a bit of Hinduism, and just any because I think beliefs are real powerful because oh, obviously of there's, there's ultimately um, an objective truth in the world, but most of our life is lived subjectively. So, yep. our beliefs really tailor what life is like for us, so I like to think of it as, mm-hmm. as we have a narrating self and an experiencing self. so you have sort of this narrating self which is telling you what the world is like and it's telling you um, what this podcast is going to be like or what this job's going to be mm-hmm. like, and it really paints the world that you're living in for the experiencing self
2: so Perception, you. Can,
0: yeah you can really get trapped in how you perceive yourself and, um, and if you attach yourself to these negative thoughts, then that's when you start suffering or when you think that life should be this way and it's not, and you, and you become deeply offended that, that you, I don't know, <laughs> <your> toe, <laughs> toe or something like, or you yeah, know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. someone cuts you off in traffic, like, you know, just the obvious cliche ones, like, mm. um, when you start attaching yourself to this idea of what life should be is when you get caught up in, um, in suffering. But I think what's important as well is finding beliefs that are helpful to you. So if it's helpful to believe that everything happens for a reason and that you should just trust the process, then there's no, nothing wrong with believing in, in that. I mean, even if it's not technically the objective truth. I mean, personally, I think, everything does happen for a reason but it's the belief which is the important part about that because then that paints the life that i as the experiencer am living yeah exactly that's i i'm
1: the same as you i i I do believe that everything happens for a reason but i think you know we we, (laughs) we live in this world we don't know anything we don't know whether whether there is a god that exists whether you know buddha is real and but it's it allows a lot of people to to live a life that is, it's not, I don't, I don't really know the word, but they, they live a better life because of, you know, they, they are happier because they have a belief that there is a God watching over us or they, you know, they hold certain values because they believe in a God. And that, that there is where like, I'm, I'm not religious myself, but I will never argue a person on their religion. If, if that's what makes them happy and that's what they believe in, because what I believe in, what makes me happy they might think it's an absolute crap as well, you know. Mm-hmm. And go, like, oh, you know, oh, you're an idiot, and I'm saying you're an idiot, you know. And yeah. it's just you've got to you've got to allow people to prescribe to whatever they want, as long as it as long as it makes them happy. It's just for for me, it's the point when people start trying to push it on you and tell you that you're wrong, and that mm-hmm. they're right, and everything like that. That's where I think the issue with religion sits. Um, but I think I think it's a very 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 beautiful thing. As mm. well, um, seeing. I, I used to be very religious. I used to, you know, go to church every Sunday. I used to go to the Easter camps and, and fielding, fielding <laughs> like in, out of Man. Is it Manfield? Yeah, out of yeah, Manfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to set up like big, like used to be tents everywhere, and there used to be that like, mm. whole stadium set up and everything. I used to love it, but be, uh, I realized I loved it because everyone was there for the same reason, and everyone was there to support each other, and everyone. Was un, under their belief that they, they you know believed in a god that really loved them, and and I saw, you know we there were two two brothers that um were, were actually within my um church, and they ended up having a full on fist fight one day, just like seriously like having a go at each other, and that that night we we all got round and we prayed for them, and they just seen them both hug each other, both in tears. You know these guys, these guys are sixteen. 15, 16 years old, mm. you know, and they have been brought up with a very, very harsh upbringing. And just to see these two, you know, boys that were turning into men cry and and embrace each other. And I just, I just went, man, this, this Christianity thing is quite beautiful, whether whether I agree with it or not. Like, mm. it's just mm. to see how it shapes people's lives. And, you know, like I said, as long as, as, long as we're happy within that, I'm, I'm all for it, man, because it, it really does change people's lives and
0: really does, you know, make people happy as well. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just atheism is, is weird to me to, cause it's sort of like believing in, I don't know, believing in nothing sounds kind of weird. I think ultimately everyone's mm. probably mostly agnostic. I feel like a true yeah, atheism definitely. is is quite a true atheist is quite hard to find. Or they're just sort of shutting out a lot of ideas. Um, mm. But
1: yeah, I, don't I think,
0: think I think it's just uncertainty. I think for a lot of people, that's right. And I think people are scared. Sorry, um, sorry, you
1: you cut out, so I thought you weren't speaking. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I um I think because we all have certain things that are just going to happen uh, in life, which is like essentially everything that we have and ever will have will one day go away um, in some form or another, like whether or not it's a relationship that breaks up or it's a relationship that's ended because one of the people have, have passed away. Yeah. At, at, at a certain point, every single thing that we know and love is uh, going to leave. And at the very, at the very latest, when we, when we die, that's, Everything sort of goes away. Ideally,
1: yeah. (laughs) Ideally,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's about figuring out how you're going to accept those changes because they're inevitable. So Mm. it's what beliefs are helpful to you that allow you to accept the loss of um, a relationship or a person like a friend or family member or how are you going to accept failure if you don't get a job because none of that stuff's guaranteed. And so I think religion or just beliefs in general help you kind of um, find a way to accept that change. And I, I think that the ultimate form of enlightenment um, is to be able to accept and to love change and just appreciate life as this kind of surreal, beautiful dream and... Yeah, learning to to love it when it's good, but also to love it when it's bad, and that's kind of the challenge of, of being basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if we could if we could control everything in our life,
1: we would, right? We would, you know, prevent you know prevent a family member from dying or prevent you know a partner leaving us or something like that. That yeah, that's why I have such a firm belief in terms of everything happens for a reason because it's at the end of the day, if something happens, it you know there, there are underlying reasons. So, so say someone gets hit by a car, they were heading to the chemist to go pick up their medication. To you know it it's it's a, a follow on effect, and there's there's always a build up to that. And at the end of the day, you you cannot control that, especially when it's someone else's life. You can control your life as much as you want. You, if you don't want to get hit by a car, you can never walk by a road. Something like that if you want to live your life like that that's absolutely fine but at the end of the day you could have walked along the side of the road for the rest of your life and never been hit by a car or you could go out yeah. i could go out right now and get hit by a car it's just if it's going to happen it's going to happen and you know yeah it's it's just being accepting of that as well but also understanding that you should limit your life to any extent because just because of what may happen mm. You know, I could, I could go buy a lot and, and, you know, vice versa. I could go buy a lottery ticket tomorrow and win the lottery. Does that mean I'm going to buy a lottery ticket? No, no, because <laughs> it gonna, might not happen at the same time. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's that whole thing of doing what you want to do and just you need to be accepting of things that may not work out. And as long as you're pushing towards, you know, what you want and how you want to build your life, you can accept those ups and downs a lot more because mm. it, it is part of the pro it is part of the process of what we call life, you know? And yeah, we're going to build, we're going to build those relationships and, and, you know, build those things within it that are going to, are going to kind of shape the path. But uh, for all we know, we don't, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year's time. Mm. So I can I can plan for as much as I want, but it, you know if I'm going to be somewhere different in the years time, I'm going to be somewhere different. And it's, it's just it's just about trying to create that path for yourself as much as you can, but being accepting of when that's going to change.
0: Yeah, it's like getting at like uh, I think Jay Cole's the recent Jay Cole song says what's more important, getting or letting go, and I think it, mm. that's a balance there everyone goes through but particularly in your 20s and 30s on you Mm -hmm. know in this rat race or whatever and uh so it's all about getting 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 right and that's what Mm -hmm. we'll see on instagram is that hustle culture thing which is great it's really helpful in some in some situations but when your whole focus is on getting but but then sort of not accepting that shit's gonna go wrong in the meantime Mm -hmm. that that's when um that's when you get into trouble, I think. So you have to find a balance. Yeah, between...
1: it's, yeah, if you're focusing on on that getting, and then something has to be let go, that's that's when you know that whole falling off the wagon, right? It's 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 you could you could forget all of that getting that mm. you're doing, and just because you're unable to let go of certain things, and there needs to be mm. some sort of acceptance as well. You can you can fight it, and it may work out. Definitely, 100% fight it if you really think it's a fight worth fighting. But also, you know, it's just allowing things to happen the way that it's going to happen as well. Because a lot, a lot, of, a lot of our life is completely out of our control. A lot of it, we we control next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, next to nothing. You know, I, I could I could go to work today, and all of my all my clients could could have left. Nothing I can do about. It. I can fight as much as I want to get them back, but. You know it's yeah it's right ro- it's rolling
0: with the punches to an extent mm. isn't it that's right mm. i i um broke up with my girlfriend when i moved back to new zealand mm, yeah i heard about that yeah and it's like uh hard. <laughs> like it sucks because yeah. like i didn't want to come back to new zealand like now kind of thing but mm. so we broke up and stuff and um i it took me ages to actually Accept that I went through both stages of grief, like the denial, and the, um, uh, you know, just I, just I just went through it all. And then once I finally got to the accepted stage, like, oh, I'm cool either way, we got yeah. back together, and now it's a long distance relationship, and I'm just waiting to get back. So it's oh, that's awesome, though.
1: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it's, it's cool, but I had to completely let go of having her in my life to be able to be ready to have her in my life again.
1: Yeah.
0: I think yeah, um, I was. No, please go,
1: sorry. Uh, um, yeah, I was, I was exactly the same with, you know, my my ex of, you know, almost four years. It was that, it was that whole, I, I, I procrastinated it for a little bit because I was, I was thinking, man, you know, this person's played such a big part of my life and, you know, I wouldn't know, you know, what it would be without her. And then it was just having that that realistic conversation with myself going, all right, are you actually happy? And you know, what, what is your relationship providing to the both of you? You know, it wasn't just a thought about myself, you know, obviously it's a selfish decision to make, but it's also understanding. right, if I'm not happy, then how can this other person be happy? You know, if if you're not giving 100% to someone, they're not truly happy. You know, regardless of whether they seem it, if they're 100% happy giving to you, that's great. But if you're not giving that 100% back mm. that they're, they're, they are missing out on some sort of happiness, whether they realize it or not. And yeah, I went, I went through the same stage. It's just, you know, when we broke up, I just, I would just sit there and go, what, what on earth are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, you know, and then, and then it was, you know, kind of the, the grieving process of, okay, you know, don't message her. Don't go back, you know, just because it's what's comfortable and what it's what you're used to as well. And then, yeah, it was, for me, it was coming to that acceptance stage and realizing, all right, I'm, I'm actually happier without her. And I think she's happier without me. And she's in a new relationship and she, she's, she's the happiest she's ever been. And I'm so, so happy for her because Mm -hmm. someone is Mm -hmm. providing something that I could not provide. And, and I'm just, I'm just happy that she's found that with someone because I, I, I know that, you know, like our, our relationship wasn't bad, not not at all, but it was just, I'd feel like in you know, neither of us were 100% committed to each other yeah. as well. And now her, her and this her and this new guy as well, you know, they, they just seem to just feed off each other really well. And, you know, they seem to know, you know, the key to each other's happiness and they, they want to do it for each other. And it's just... So for me, the acceptance was different, whereas for you, you're turning around and saying, right, my acceptance is, okay, I do want this person in my life. And, you know, I'm you know, I'm wanting to make this work and you know, there needs to be compromise from both sides. And it's just, yeah, the acceptance goes one of two ways, doesn't it? Mm.
0: Well, it, it's being able to accept that they're not in your life anymore and mm. then fully, like, really fully accepting that and understanding that they they 're not the uh like you can 't get happiness out of them. you can only have happiness coming out of yourself right so knowing knowing that you're you 're no longer with them you 're not expecting to be with them again, and you 're mm. still happy that's that's the that 's the ultimate where you want to be because now you 're no longer attached to them there's you' because otherwise you 're just kind of loving them conditionally. I love you if you love me back, I love you if this, whereas exactly. when you can come to a point of unconditional love where you love them, uh, not in this controlling way, but in a way where you're just loving of their good things and their not so good things and you're, you love them even though you're not going to be in a relationship with them and you're happy with mm-hmm. that, that's a yeah. really good place to be. Exactly. And then we got back together after I reached that place, so, which is so mm. that's really healthy for me because if we got together before I reached that acceptance stage, I would mm. still be uh, attached to her in a, in this unhealthy conditional kind of kind of way
1: yeah kind of, yeah you know just yeah just being with her because because you you almost feel like you need it rather than actually wanting it. Mm. You know, like it's, yeah, you can't, you can't just be with someone just because,
2: mm. you know, or yeah. just
1: because it's comfortable or just because it works, even, even though it's, it's not working as best as it could. And then they've got to be in the same mindset as well. And sometimes it does require a breakup to, to make you both realize. And mm. the thing is, is that, it's that whole, effect you know, everything happens for a reason. If if you had said back gone back and said, Hey, I want us to be together and she said, No, that's just that's just life. That's just yeah that's just yes. you know, yeah, that's just that process of going, All right, then it's not meant to be because if we did get back together, she wouldn't be giving a hundred percent help. And mm. and therefore, you know, that relationship is never never going to work. You there's it's it's that whole thing of this one we've got this one life. No point in being in a relationship you don't want to be in. Mm, absolutely no sure. point because a you're not making yourself as happy as you could be but b like i said you're not making the other person as happy as they deserve to be and everyone everyone deserves to be happy whether they're a good person or a bad person everyone deserves that happiness and a relationship is a huge factor in terms of determining this happiness especially when you live together you know or you have so much impact on each other's lives you know you need you need to be with someone that you want to be with, especially mm. if you're spending the rest of your life with that person. It's a scary thought, <laughs> scary thought potentially. Like, let's be, let's yeah. be honest, let's be honest when, you know, when, whether you, whether you want to or not, it's, it's a, it's a, oh, it's such a scary, scary idea that you could be with someone. So of course you want to be with someone that you want to be with for the rest of your life. You know, that's, mm. that's so much easier than going, Oh, it's not right. But I don't have, I don't have the balls to say anything or, you know, I don't know what I would do without this person. And it's, it's once, once you kind of accept that and you start, you know, creating relationships that you want to have and, you know, you start, and you're with someone that you actually want to be with, you'll find that that idea of being with someone forever is a much less daunting idea. Mm. And it's something that you don't, it's something that you don't even think about, you know, and it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice place to be as well. You know, because we we don't go in a relationship just because we see it as a short-term six-month thing. Ideally, we enter a relationship because we want to be with that person, and we Mm. want to be with that person for the rest of our lives. Ideally, you know, whatever hiccups come up along the way, that's that's what's going to happen. That's why you know life works the way it does. But yeah, you should never be you should never be with someone that you don't want to be with. It's just Mm. it's just not right. Life's too short.
0: For sure. Um, Um, but you'd you you would not say that you seek happiness out of your partner though. Like you if I mean obviously you'd be gutted if you did break up, but are you at a point in your life right now where you're like okay no matter what kind of thing? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, and I
1: I think it was I'm trying to think of the point where I started I started thinking there. For for me yeah, it, it comes back to that whole everything happens for a reason in the sense that, right, it's you know, they're happier without me, whether whether they seem it right now or or you know, five years down the track. It's it's that whole if it if it doesn't work, there's there's a there's an underlying reason behind it. You know, you can you're gonna have fights, you're gonna have to, you know, compromise within a relationship. But it should never be compromise and fighting to that point where you're sacrificing your own happiness. Mm. And if you're not 100% content and happy within a relationship, that's that happiness that you're taking away from. And, and it converts into other areas of your life. You know, if you're not coming home and excited to see that person to an extent, you know, why, why are you coming home to them? Mm. And yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm in that mindset and it, and it can seem like a very, very blunt and cold mindset as well. But I find I find that's the easiest way to meet for me to move forward with things in my life is just accepting right it's happened. Is there something I can do about it or is there something I want to do about it? Yes or no? And then I just kinda go I kinda go from there. And if, you know, like like my, my partner now, like we, we dated back in New Zealand and I I wasn't ready for a relationship. And I, I wanted to travel, so I moved over to the UK, came, came back home over Christmas, we, we reconnected, we, we kept in touch, and then we, we decided to, to really, you know, give our relationship a go. We were very happy having each other, you know, in our lives, and every, everything just flows very, very well with us. And, you know, we have this balance of having our own personal life and then being together, and, you know, we're both very driven in what we do. Um, so so it's, we've created this really, really nice balance. Does it always work? No, but it's, it's never not working to the point where you go, this whole relationship isn't working. It's usually just required a little, a little bit of compromise or a little bit of a conversation. And we, mm. we find that we're able to kind of move forward. And that, that just, that's just it's just a really good sign for a relationship as well.
0: I think communication is so massive. <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no way you can do it without... Uh, There's no way you can have a successful and happy relationship. This is my thinking of, um, I've only been in a couple of serious relationships or whatever, but it seems- I've only been in one before this, man, so I've got no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, come on. A (laughs) hundred percent, I'm with you on that one. Um, But it seems to me that you need to allow yourself to be really vulnerable as well, which is Mm. hard to do because it's the one person who you don't want to see your weaknesses in a way, but- like at a certain point if, uh, when you're going through and navigating life together, they're only going to see some of your shittiest parts of your personality that we often try and hide exactly. from each other. And yeah. you actually communicate that to each other. If it's something that you're not liking, or if you're feeling a certain way that needs to be expressed to make the chaos sort of settle down a bit you actually have mm-hmm. to be vulnerable so that you can oh, of course go back to that peaceful point of time mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but it's
1: also you know if you have if you have that issue that it's something that needs to be addressed i mean it, the, the big issue in my in my last relationship was we would have issues we, we were both we were both very immature in the sense that when we fought it was it was yelling matches at each other and that was just from a maturity standpoint as well but we were both so damn stubborn that we just didn't want to we didn't want to give up give Mm. give anything up to the other person and it's just as soon as you learn to just be very open and talk about it and be honest with your feelings is you're not going to create a fight from being honest if you do something wrong yes of course you are maybe going to have a fight but if you're open and honest with someone you talk to them in a way that Opens up that communication and allows you to both talk you know it's the whole not raising your voice it's the whole not speaking over each other and once once you learn to do that with someone and I think I think a massive part is purely maturity as well Once you learn to do that with a partner or even with a family member you, you'll notice the tone of the conversation changes and the outcome changes. Mm. A lot like like myself, myself and Eden, we, we don't have a fight that goes unresolved now. You know, we've, you know, I, I, I am a very stubborn person, but I've learned to compromise a lot more and I've learned to, you know, communicate in a way that allows an open conversation and that, that just helps build strength in a relationship. But yeah, you, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be honest with someone because at the end of the day, they're supposed to be the person that you trust you really do trust and you should be you should be able to talk about anything with them and if you can't do that that's you know that's that whole side of all
0: right am i in a relationship that i want to be in
2: Mm.
0: or you uh you might project something a certain way but because you haven't addressed it with them you'll never realize that it's just a projection instead of the actual like reality of the situation which is that uh, turns out they love you, and they don't care if you <laughs> yeah, are, are not perfect yeah. and stuff. I'm real mm. bad at I'm I'm real bad at uh, oversharing with people who like it doesn't matter if I overshare too. But then when I'm around my girlfriend, I'll close up like real hard, or oh, I have done in the past, or something that I was sort of working through was just completely closing up and not being able to like mm. talk about shit. And so a lot of this relationship. Uh, with her was learning how to open up and mm. let myself free, and that's so like it's quite freeing in a way. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's
1: that it's that whole thing is you you're worried about whether their perception of you is going to change. As yeah, well. that's it. And yes, yeah, because yeah, yeah, you you're going man, if I if I open up about this thing, is are they gonna are they gonna say right? Actually, I'm not comfortable with this but it's we, we should we should especially uh, I've men as well, I think there's it, it's better now, but there's a horrible stigma about you know every you know all us men are okay, you know we're fine you know we're, we're men mm-hmm. we can handle mm-hmm. things, and we we go through the same things as as every other every, every female goes through, like maybe not to the same extent especially especially physically when it comes to females, but I mean for us mentally like I, because we feel like we aren't able to open up because we feel like it's not a manly thing to do. Or, you know, I feel like we were brought up in the, in the last of the generation where, you know, we, we had, we had a, we had tough upbringings, you know, we didn't, we didn't have all these, you know, all these Karens looking out for, you know, looking out for the poor kid who, you know, is, you know, someone's pecking on him or, you know, there's, there's no, there were no snowflakes back when we were growing up and it's. While it, while it was a blessing, it was also a curse in the sense that it is harder for us and being our age to, to open up and communicate with people mm. because we're worried about what they're going to think of us. And, you know, if, everyone's thinking the exact same thing. Everyone wants a shoulder to cry on. Everyone is just as vulnerable and as emotional as each other. And Some people are more willing to allow others to see it. And, and for me, you know, my, my dad is a very, very emotional person. He's very, very in touch with his feelings, and for me, it allowed me to be a little more vulnerable with a lot of people. So, I I, I cry a lot, you know, <laughs> whether whether it's a good movie on TV or whether it's you know something that's you know worrying me or it's me missing home and stuff. And having having that vulnerability is is nice because cr- crying and letting out those sorts of emotions, it's it's one of the most re- relieving feelings. You know, when you when you're laughing, when you're angry, and stuff like that, it feels like there's this build up, but when you cry, it just feels like everything just goes. Yeah. You know,
0: you feel and really clear afterwards.
1: Exactly. And it's and it's almost comforting as well, because there I don't feel like there's an another emotion that's as raw as crying, you know, because it is such a pure emotion and it is so it's so easy to read as well. And it's yeah, it's, I, I think it's just such an important thing for all of us to have in our lives. And I think be very careful with obviously who you show it to because you want to be in a position where you trust that person. You know, you get the reaction that you want from it as well. But then also you shouldn't hold yourself back from, you know, from allowing yourself to be vulnerable with people just because you're scared of the result that it may get.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even... I remember... For the longest time, I couldn't even cry. Like, and it was it was gutting. <laughs> like, like, like looking back on it in hindsight, it was gutting. But I, I wasn't able to do it because it would have solved a lot of problems for me if, if I managed to. Um, I'm not sure why I wasn't able to. It was very rare kind of thing, um, and yeah, it's it's kind of gutting that I wasn't able to have that expression because it's so. It's so real. Like we're meant to do it; otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it. Um, Yeah, exactly. We're made to cry. (laughs) Yeah, that's um hundred percent normal. And a lot of guys don't feel like they can have that. Like it's pretty rare if like a guy friend cries to them, their bro or something. You know, like with 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 um women, it's more common that they'll actually sit together and cry together and stuff like that um and guys don't have that i don't think we really want to have that but we should at least want the freedom to be able to cry if we want to in front of our mates or in front of uh whoever we trust
1: and i think i think if you do allow yourself to do that i think i think a lot of men will be surprised about how many how many guys just go hey it's okay mate i'll sit i'll sit here with you you know, I, I think I think we're so worried about upholding a, a, a certain image in terms of, you know, uh, yeah, we've got to show off that we can be strong and we've got to show off that, you know, we can handle whatever comes in our way. And we don't actually realize that being, you know, crying is a part of being strong. You know, it, it, yes, it shows vulnerability, but it doesn't make you any weaker as a person. But mm. it, it is, it is such, a, such a strong, powerful, beautiful emotion it takes a lot of strength to be able to cry in front of someone, you know, it's, it's not a weakness. It's, it's a strength to be able to do that. And yeah, I just, I just don't feel like guys, men, men create that relationship with each other because we do do a lot of things together that are, um, you know, very, very physical or um, yes. You know, like when you, when you catch up with your mates, you go out to the pub to drink. Mm. you know, or, or like, or like when we were teenagers, you know, we'd go around and game. Whereas like girls, girls, you know, would go, go over for sleepovers and they'd have big chats together. And, you know, you don't, you didn't have that within that high school because we we all felt in high school, we had something to prove. We always felt Mm. that we had to be, you know, we were growing into a man. So we had to be a man. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's just part of that growing process as well. Um, we just didn't have those opportunities, and I think nowadays children, you know, and, and and you know, teenagers are having more of an opportunity to be a little bit more vulnerable like that, um, which which is good, which I think is great. But it's almost going too far in that direction to the point where we, you know, we can't say things just in case it might offend someone, or we, you know, we can't. You know, draw that line between a joke and what is actually offensive and what is actually hurting someone.
0: Yeah, that one's hard because it's when it comes Mm. into legislation which is it starts to impede on the free speech and and stuff and Mm. and then and then you're going to put people in like a hierarchy of like privilege and stuff as well, Mm. where Mm. this like you can't say this because it's going to offend this person and then Mm. it's going to get to a point where everyone is on that scale. Like I, I have this much less privilege than you, therefore you can't talk to me this way. Kind of that, that's when it starts to get tricky because, Mm. and the fact that people are right, like identifying themselves so strongly with one aspect of their whole, that's, that's not, I don't think that's healthy for you, I think you should be able to express yourself as a human, like however you want to be. If you're biologically um, born one way, but you wanted to be something else, then you should be able to express it and not have yeah. someone be a dick basically to you. Mm. But it, it's yeah. when um, it's it should be talked about, though, and people are going to criticize and they have their right to, and that's where that like comes up with like dave Chappelle. like i'm not here to be right on stage i'm here to fuck around like at a certain yeah. point like we're just talking about it we're talking about life and it's absurd anyway like let's have yeah. a laugh like for sure
1: but it's but it's understanding that it's understanding that line between right and wrong same 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 thing as we all know what's bad and what's good we know what's right and what's wrong we know when we, we all know when something's a joke we we all know, but we we also know when someone is not joking. And I just I just feel like people are so focused on trying to be offended these days. And because they because that we have social media these days, and everyone everyone has a platform. You know, you you could ha- you could have you could have someone you know in America who's got only a hundred friends. She makes one post, and she'll have you know twenty thirty million people viewing it you know and I just, I just think as 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 people are so focused on getting that notoriety and getting that attention as well um, that that they are choosing to be offended by things that aren't aren't actually offensive it's like it's like little, little britain you know like everyone knows it's a joke everyone and everyone thinks it's funny okay mm. there have been no issues that, well, It was aired in the 1990s wasn't it it was well years ago years ago aired years ago and Nobody's had an issue about it until now because people now have a platform to complain about it and now can get notoriety for it. Everyone, everyone still knows it's a joke. You know, Mm. they're they're not setting out to offend anyone. They're not setting out to be racist or condescending or, you know, sexist. They're not doing any of that. It's just pure comedy that has always been funny. And now people are choosing to be offended by it.
0: And it's just, it's, have you seen yeah. that uh, that new Jim Jeffries special on Netflix? Which, which one? Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you know who he is, an uh, Australian yeah, comedian. he's yeah. hilarious. Hilarious. He, yeah. he, um, he speaks about in his new special about how shit that he said in his old special 10 years ago, they're now trying to cancel him for that. And it's yeah. like, I'm just, I'm just making... like My job is to make jokes and get as close to the line as possible maybe even slightly further, but if I do step out slightly out of further, you guys will push me back. So it's okay. I'm just trying to get right to the line. But now you guys have pushed the line further and further back. And now you're giving me shit because that was the line 10 years ago, but now you've moved it back and you're telling me off for it. And it's such yeah. a good... And we, we know if it's not funny because people wouldn't
1: laugh. If he <laughs> say something and everyone's just quiet, you go, all right, he's gone too far. you know and there's there's going to be there's going to be some people let's be honest we all have a little bit of dark humor and Mm -hmm. us you know we all we all hear that joke where we go oh okay it's pretty funny you know it's (laughs) but but because we know there's that line and we know we know it's a joke you know you you know someone makes a partially racist joke but it's actually in good taste we know it's funny if someone goes out and and you know, calls calls another race a name that they really shouldn't. We go, right, that's not funny. And we we, we know the separation between the two. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's people, yeah, like like Jim Jim Jeffrey says. they're pushing back the line. And it's gonna get to the point where the only content you can create, it's very lighthearted. It it only it appeals, yes, to everyone, but not to anyone at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and, and he, he wouldn't have the platform that he has if he wasn't funny. So you're, telling, you know, so you're telling me now it's not funny, but this guy is one of the top comedians. Comedian, being the, being the, being the word. Yes, um, yes. He's, he's, he's one of the top comedians in the world. So there has, you know, and if you had a conversation with the person, I can guarantee you he doesn't hold the values that he may project within the specials.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love to laugh. And I think um, stand-up comedy is, like, one of the purest expression of, like, art that we can do. It's like literally yep. a, a guy talking about as a human being standing on a stage literally just them with a microphone talking to other human beings about what whatever the fuck this is like we should, like nothing should yeah, exactly. really be off limits but there should be that relationship with the crowd so that they know if they've if, if there's no laughter then probably dial it back and also, just be careful not to rally up, because I think there's a fair point where it gets to hate speech, and then that's where you get like into dangerous, like you know, right. territory. Like that's sort of the Hitler. Basically, was when it became hate speech, yeah. and, and he he had his charisma as well, so he was drawing massive crowds. But when you start like actually using hate speech, that's when it gets dangerous, I guess. I think that should be yeah. the line.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a pretty. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? In terms of you know what what you can do and what you can't. But it's it's so funny how you have a lot of, a lot of people. I don't know whether you agree with my views on this, but you have a lot of people you know picking these little things from ten, twenty years ago, and and then you have people who support this current president, who you know who has obviously been racist, who has obviously been a xenophobe, who was obviously, you know, sexist as well sort of thing. But it's just, it's funny how people pick and choose in terms of what they want to be offended by and in terms of, you know, what they actually want to support. And it's just, it's a messed up world we live in, man. It is, it is super, super messed up. It's <laughs> like, <just I'm>, strange. <laughs>
2: like,
1: yeah, I think we should be very, very thankful that we had the upbringing that we did in, in New Zealand because I feel like we've been very, very sheltered from all of that. I mean, I, I keep up with American politics a little bit just because I find, I find the whole thing very, very surreal and very interesting. You know, you, you, have, you have someone who's obviously done a lot wrong and is still continuing to do a lot wrong. You have someone who's standing there lying to a lot of people. And and you see he's, he's still got, he's still got majority vote in the country. And, and and you're starting to think, I'm just thinking, man, this is this is strange for me. Like this is this is just weird to watch. And so a, I get, I get very, and He's a reality TV star as well. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, and, he, and
1: he's he's a business mogul because he he technically inherited it. I like, don't get me wrong. The guy's an amazing businessman. Doesn't mean he's fit to run a country.
0: And you know, he's, he's
1: a He's an asshole. I
0: think. <laughs> I, I love that idea that like the world actually ended in 2012, and this is just some fucking warped, like, darkest timeline kind of. thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or it's or it's a simulation. You know, like yeah. that's like it's it's so funny. It's been has been like, because do, do you wonder? do you wonder whether it's, you know, a,
0: a sim- we're going to go into a really deep chat now, but well, <laughs> I, I think for all intents and purposes, it is a simulation.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, and how,
0: yeah. how What? what makes you believe that? Um, so I think it's all because we exist. We aren't just an a, a automaton human being like running around with no consciousness. Consciousness exists in and of itself. Uh, and then we, are, you know, that feeling where you're sort of a witness to what's going on, like you're living life, you're having thoughts, but there's sort of that part behind you, which is just bearing witness to all of it. So essentially I identify mm-hmm. with that witness part, which is sort of mm-hmm. non, non-emotional kind of just watching everything happening and everything else, including my body and my thoughts and the rest of the world is essentially phenomena that's always changing and uh, being born and being destroyed on a quantum level all the time. It's just constant flux of change and it's essentially all just one big matrix of phenomena which, for one reason or another, who knows (laughs) but for one reason or another we are this form of consciousness that experiences it and i think Mm. what a lot of those buddhist people point to with nirvana is kind of sitting in that space of empty awareness and just being that which is so i think for all intents and purposes we are in a simulation but the language of simulation is a hard one because that makes us think of uh, mm. computers because that's what we're used to. I kind of think yeah. sort of, but not, not quite that. It'll be something mm. stranger and complexer. Uh, I, I think, I think, it, I think it's much more complex than that because if you look yeah. at any, any
1: sort of program or something, there is, there is a glitch, you know, and there, there is something that doesn't quite add up. And there is something that you can notice. I, that's, it's hard. Hard to believe that there is a whole entire world essentially under a computer program. That's why that's why I agree with you in terms of that. It's that whole there has to be something going wrong somewhere. And you know, it's but it is also very, very the world we live in is very, very strange and almost it almost seems surreal, especially if you look at the changes from 2012 and the things that have happened, and you just realize, you know the acceleration of humanity and the acceleration of, you know, things that have been happening, you know, within, within the world that we live in almost seems absolutely surreal. Doesn't it? It's, yeah. It makes, yeah, it's it a makes strange so
0: concept.
1: And It's the it, whole, like,
0: it's so, there you sorry, go. I was going to say, it, cause it, it sort of doesn't make sense anyway, but now it's like, becoming absurd to the point where whatever it is is kind of laughing at us like you think this is real like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look we've got we just we just got the apprentice on the fucking presidency that you guys treat with such high <laughs> like like it feels like something's laughing right like a big cosmic joke Yeah, I know.
1: it's surely surely like you know I, I'm yeah surely like other planets like because obviously alien life exists it's, it's just stupid if you think it doesn't but Surely they just look at us and just go, man, what are these people up to? Like these mm. <laughs> these people have no idea what they're doing and just how does a society and how does a civilization progressively get worse at time goes as time goes on? You know, we're we're completely killing our planet. Nobody's doing anything about it. Realistically, nobody's doing anything to know about it. The people who lead our world are threatening You know, nuclear war on a consistent basis, you know, something that would, you know, kill billions of people, you know, and it's just, it's just almost mental to think about that we we live in this world where for some odd reason, people can't stay in their own lane and just be happy with what they have or anything like that. Or the world just can't, you know, feed off itself and feed off each other. You know, you don't have countries going, Oh, Hey, we've just had a massive tsunami and so and So, all right, let's, you know, export 20% of all our, all our export straight to them, make sure they're okay. Let's send over the army. You know, there's, there's none of that. It's going, Oh, this mm. happened in Syria. Oh, we're at war with them. Oh, we're not going to, we're not going to bother, you know? And it's, it it boggles my mind that we can't have a civilization that of course, of course, everyone's going to have quarrels. And of course there's going to be disagreements, but you can't tell me that there's a disagreement so big that you want to destroy a whole country because of it, or you, you know, and it's, and it's typically only one, one person as well. That is, you know, that face and is, is, is that dictator essentially, and you're willing to sacrifice so many lives. Just, you know, it's, it's, Mm. and it's proving a point, isn't it? It's proving who's got the bigger penis at the end of the day, (laughs) you know, like it's, 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 but that's, you know, it's just a pissing contest and it's, it's, it's disgusting. Actually, the fact that we can't live in a world where there is some, there is, even if it's just harmony between countries, you know, you're always going to have bad people in the world. You know, that's just, that's just human beings. You know, you have it. You have an every single species as well, where you, you know, you have, you know, dogs, dogs that are inherently bad dogs, or you know, you have, you know, certain cats that are more violent than other cats. It just happens. It's, it's our it's our genetic makeup. But there, surely there could be some sort of harmony within that, where mm. everyone just agrees to stay in their own lane, and just and you know benefit others, and you know create create a world where you know, we set it up for our future and we set it up for our kids, our grandkids and everything like that. But like, I'm, I'm scared to bring up kids in this world, man. Like, you know, thinking like, say, 10 years time or even, even less than that for me having kids, that's, that's a scary thought as to mm-hmm. where we're going to be in that time. And it's just, it's, it's hard for me to think, right, you know, I'm going to bring my kids up in a world where, you know, everything is... Outronic, everything is you know m- you know monetized or monitored and it's it's, it's a very very scary concept you mm. know being being someone who wants to have kids as well
0: yeah i think uh i like to think of it as uh sort of lord of the rings how it's sort of it's always darkest before the dawn and then gandalf comes out and mm. he's like all right but this we we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna win yeah 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 I, nope. I kind of like to think of it uh, as this sort of ebbs and flows of like there's a light and then there's a dark and then there's a light and there's a mm. the dark and we're kind of just at this sort of darker patch and it's, it's meant to come up. But then when you bring climate change into the equation where mm. looking at the world and because of how old and ancient and grandeur it is, like when you see all these massive rocks that have all corroded in different ways because that's where the water, you know, it just seems so permanent but then climate change is sort of inverting that perspective where actually we don't have much time at all. We've got fucking California on fire every single year and it's burning down houses, uh people are dying, it's costing money and and then more tsunamis and shit. So everything's getting crazier. And <laughs> so there's on on the one hand people like to think that oh it's all gonna come up but like it's just going to come return to normal kind of thing um, but we're kind of really fucking running out of time to
1: at, at what point as well are we going in the up Like, are we in the darkest place at the moment or is there something below that is even mm. darker you know it's and it, 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 it's really really scary to think that it could be something you know like a nuclear war or something where we you know where the ice caps completely melts. it's yeah. is, is that is that what it's going to require for human civilization to turn itself around and go right, what we're doing is actually not right. Um, but it's also yeah, when do we get to that point, and what what is going to be the turning point? Because it's going to it's going to have to be something big. There's there's enough going on in the world where everyone should be going right. This isn't this isn't right. What we're doing is not right. The way the world's going is not right. But it doesn't you know, having the apprentice, you know, elected as president, surely that's enough for us to go, all right, what are we doing as a society?
0: Mm. Well but it's it's COVID not. stuff should be a good good time for that, right? Mm. It's it's if everything happens for a reason, mm. right? If you subscribe to that belief that everything happens for a reason, then there would be a reason for COVID as well. Like it's sort of time for mm. everyone to sit at home and realize what's important to them like you're you're on another country and you're you are able to come back but it's like a it's it's hard it's just a thousand dollars it's a a completely ridiculous decision that you have that you have to make kind of thing um but so and all of a sudden everything that's important to us is actually on the surface but it's also showing all the Bipartisan politi- political fucking craziness on the mm. other side of the world as well. Yeah. Um, I think... So, those magician people, the magic occultist types. So, mm. I don't... I kind of see where they're coming from and that they believe, like, the the thoughts that we put out come back in threefold. So, mm. if we... It come, that, you can see that in, in terms of success. like You see people who are so down on themselves that everything just keeps on going wrong and it cascades. And on the mm-hmm. other hand, you see people who are so comfortable with trusting the process and trusting life and just knowing good things are going to happen to them. And it happens to them mm-hmm. in that way. And, it's, and so you can see it on that one. And you also see it like if, if you have an idea and then you can turn it into reality. Like I had an idea to message you, boom, two days later, now we're now we're talking. So we have ideas that are on this essentially mm. they exist on a subtler level of existence. So, you know, thoughts being a subtler level of existence because you can't mm, physically hold them, but they are there. And this and then it's through will, through will of the mind, we're converting these thoughts into reality and that's how we've sort of gotten into the mess of climate change to begin with is by having Mm. thoughts like i want this boom it's in reality now we have cars all over the place we have planes we have nuclear bombs we've created all this so the the occultists they call all this stuff all this will turn into reality magic which Mm. is a hard idea to subscribe to because it sounds so fruity and it's like, it kind of sounds mm. devil worshipy. It has those kind of connotations, but when you <laughs> yeah. when you strip, strip back all the dogma and you just look at it from, okay, here's, here's will, here's reality. And we are, we, it's crazy how much we have actually shaped the world pretty much in our image. Like mm. God created us in his image. We created the world in our image. We created the internet, mm. all of that kind of thing. So this is I mean, I'm exaggerating for effect, but essentially yeah, this is yeah, 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 yeah. this is what we've done. So I feel like it's not if we can harness this if we can recognize that this is what we're doing, that we're using will and creating the will and really finding out what that means and learning to harness that ability to turn it mm-hmm. towards good rather than darkness, I think mm-hmm. giving people that awareness Uh, of the power that they have in this world would actually make a massive difference if we all sort of line up and be like, all right, let's work this shit out together. Let's come on guys. Like it's all love. Let's fucking fix this Mm. shit. (laughs) That's what we need essentially.
1: definitely. And I, and and, yeah, that's why I say, unfortunately, I think it's going to be something that is very detrimental to society. That's going to have to force that because I, like I said, everyone's got an opinion these days and I think everyone likes to have that extreme opinion. They like to project it and everyone is so closed-minded these days. You know, it's the world has become more open-minded but more closed-minded at the same time. You know, we have, you know, become more open-minded in terms of saying, you know, you know, except, accepting different sexualities. Sorry, and sorry, different genders. You know, while I say I don't agree with it, I'm going to accept it. You know, because at the end of the day, does it really affect me? No. Is it polite to to call someone and make them feel more comfortable? 100%. But then everyone's become more closed-minded in terms of going, this is the way things should be. This is the way I want it. Mm. Mm. Fuck everyone else, you know? And it's, yeah. So I, yeah, I do, I do think, you know, putting, putting thoughts into things, is such an important process unfortunately we live in a world where everyone wants bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know, everyone wants the next fastest car. Everyone wants the next best looking car. Everyone wants the next biggest skyscraper or, you know, and, and I feel like there is always that progression to push for more. There's nothing wrong with it, you know, with a civilization to be doing that. But I think we just need to change the direction of what we deem as bigger, better, faster, stronger, you know, do, do, do we want yeah okay we want to build the tallest building in the world but we also don't we want it to be the most energy efficient building or do we want to provide the biggest building in the world to house the homeless and provide them with you know like wh- why don't why don't we we need to change what our perception of bigger better stronger is in terms of okay this is the best thing because it gives this back you know, it's not just the fastest car in the world. It's also the cheapest car that more, most people can absolutely access. Mm. And therefore, we can provide everyone with transport. But it's also electric. So we don't have to worry about, you know, <laughs> fuel. It's, but, yeah, unfortunately, as well, everyone's so focused around money these days and believe that that's, that's the way to be happy. And I, I get that 100%. You know, like money does bring a certain extent of happiness that allows you that financial freedom to do the things that you want to do. And, you know, we all want to travel, we all want to, you know, buy the nice things, but it's also, you know, understanding whether that actually brings physical happiness to our life. You know, like, like, you know, we're, we're in a new apartment and I, I'm great. I'm happy I'm in this apartment because, but it's because of all these other factors other than it being a nice apartment. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, for, it's for lifestyle factors. It's for, for mental mental factors for me as well. And it's just, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in this apartment to be able to show people how much money I'm making. I'm in this apartment because I feel very comfortable and I can feel very at ease. You know, it's, uh, I've got a space that I can, you know, go outside and sit and mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I just feel everyone's so focused around how much money they make and what it's going to look like to other people um rather
0: than actually focusing on on things they actually want within the world what's important i think as well yeah, yeah. um mm. and that's where i think it comes back to getting and letting go as well because we should mm. we should be able to create the world that we want and for some people that means mm. um that means the flash car it means you know um mm. the best whatever but they need to also be able to let go of that and recognize it as an object of desire, or recognize that they have these objects of or concepts that come up into their consciousness. Like that car isn't anything, that car is you know molecules on atoms, or on you know, it's all it is is a collection of it's things that are clumped together uh, and eventually eventually and it has and yeah we conceptualize we're going to use use these ads to take us from here and uh they look very pretty or aesthetic in my Mm -hmm. mind but it's all an object of desire and Mm -hmm. so we should we should be able to want those things but when we attach ourselves to it that's that's when it gets weird and that's what that's why people hate each other is because it's all all that person is, is the same thing as that car, just a bunch of molecules. Um, and they move around, mm. and they, we call them a name, but that, mm. they're just a bunch of molecules. But in our mind, in our present awareness, we're treating that person, or that clump of, obstacle, uh, of uh, atoms, as mm. an object of hate. We hate that person because yeah. there's a certain way and so mm. but people don't realize that because they're too caught up in it they're too caught up in their desire they're too caught up mm. in their hatred or they're too caught up in these concepts of the world being uh, a certain way that they want it to be but really the world is just as it is so it's about that letting go and accepting and if we can let go then let go and recognize that they're just objects of desire and hate mm. and stuff we can yeah. figure out what's actually important, like love. Yeah, exactly. massive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once we've, once you realise you've got love as your forefront, that's when you can make some cool shit with people. I mean, that's- Yeah.
1: And that's building. That's building those relationships that you you always wanted, as well. But you never you never prioritised. You know, and it's just that whole having that shoulder to cry on means means so much more than that car sitting in your garage. Like, it's, Blessed. you know, like, yeah, and you, and it's so, so funny, is this, is this, do you, do you listen to Papa Roach at
0: all? Uh, no, I haven't actually.
1: Uh, so, so, so they're, they're like a punk band and, um, and like one of their songs, is like, um, there's no money, there's no, pos- like, possessions, there's only obsessions. Mm. So they're, they're saying like, you know, you, you don't buy things to possess them, you, you, you buy them, you buy them because you're obsessed with, with the idea of having them, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, like you buy, you buy, you buy a shit box car. Yes. Okay. It gets you from a to b, but if you buy like a really nice like Maserati or Ferrari, you're just doing it for an obsession. Mm. Do, do you need a Maserati or a Ferrari? No. Does anyone need a Maserati or Ferrari? No. We just need something that gets us from a to b and is going to last us mm x amount of years but they so are things. cool so we, we, <laughs> yeah 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 they are pretty cool okay I'll give them that and <laughs> let's be honest if I had the money to buy one I probably would but but it's that it's that whole thing of like we do it for that so, social standing we do it to impress others and we we don't really think about ourselves as well you know like like we're like I'm looking at buying a car and that moment. Yeah, a, that, that's not, like, the ugliest car I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not going for something that looks really nice. I'm going for something with low mileage, something that's going to last me quite a few years. That's something that's reliable. That's it. Like, I'm, I am I used to be, I had a um, Subaru back, back in New Zealand that I paid a lot of money for. Did I need it? At the end of the day, no, I didn't. I didn't need it, and it was an absolute waste of money. But it was that whole thing of, man, I can, I can look really cool while driving it. I can increase mm. my social standing. And then... It wasn't until I had it for a while and I just go, man, what a waste of money. <laughs> it's funny when you we're...
0: realize you stop giving a shit about having that car. Like you, yeah, lo- you love, you love it, on. you love it, and you you literally watch your love for that car diminish, 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 diminish yeah. until it's just normal again. Em, and you're like, well, what other car could I buy? Or you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're just, you're just like, you're just like, what, what, why did
0: I really need this? And I try
1: to justify it myself because because I snowboard a lot. And back in New Zealand, like, it was a perfect car to take up the mountain. So is a hatchback. So is a sedan. Like, it's not like I'm driving up this, you know, massive mountain that requires special cars and everything like that. And it was like, it was sacked out. It was on rims. It had a new exhaust system. And I was just like, did I really need that? And it was that whole, all right, no. You no, know, at the end of the day, if you really care about what car you pull up in when you arrive at a party or something like that, like... You're at the wrong party. You need, you need to get better friends. And you need you know, to,
0: like... You know what's massive as well? Um, gratitude.
1: Because
0: oh, I, I, um, I haven't been driving much because I've been mm. living at my Nana's and it's in walking distance to UCO and I want to save up money. Mm. So I don't have a car at the moment. Okay. Um, and I like cars. I like driving around. I like um, mm. putting on music and I like driving around. That and freedom, isn't it? For mm. sure. Um, and I'm house-sitting my mate's, uh, my mate's flat in three weeks, and he's given me free rein to his car while I'm doing it. So I'm honestly grateful that I get to drive a car for a week from three yep. weeks from now just yep. because of the relativity of it. Like, and mm. so, so it's funny, when you have less, you appreciate more as well. And that's what you see in like third world countries and stuff. uh, Definitely. And it's just a book that I was meaning to read, Mm. the resilience project where um, uh, my girlfriend's talking about it, but it's about um, how this guy goes into third world countries and he finds actually they're much kinder they they have much less, but they're much more willing to help Mm. each other and stuff like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what we need in our, in our, you know, first world countries. As well, it's just but be, everyone is so determined on getting to the top. Like, like, what is the top? Does does anyone really, really give a shit if you're at the concept. top or not? Exa- ex- exactly, but it's that it's that obsession. It's it's not you know it's not all right. I have a, you know I have people in my life that I love, to bits and I have I'm in a place that I'm happy to be in, and I'm in a job that I actually like. It's about right. How do I make the most amount of money? How do I buy this really nice car? How do I pay for all these things that I can never really afford? Mm. You know, it's just, everyone's so focused on having what's new and what's, what's, you know, what's the best. And that's just, it's a very, very, very sad way. And I think, I think the big issue is social media. Social media is probably the, the biggest issue in that sense. While it's a great platform for all of us to communicate, I feel like it doesn't provide a lot of substance to our lives and you know I feel like that's where that issue has come from when when people are projecting these certain lives that they're super happy all of the time we're going wait why am I not in this house why am I not why do I not have this car why do I not have this girlfriend why am I not happy and you just and it's and most people just don't realize that those people are just just as freaking miserable as everyone else is you know too you know miserable to an extent and everyone should be relatively happy within their own lifestyle but it's just it's just when they see this life where they think that everything's perfect and they people people have this messed up idea that that's reality that that's how people live every single day of their lives and it's not like you know mm. like my posts on social media have no reflection on my personal life. Absolutely zero. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I could, I could be sad as hell and post like post a photo from four weeks ago where I looked really good. You know, I could be sitting on the couch full of ice cream and posting some sort of motivational post about how you should go out and get it. Like, <laughs> for all you know, this person could mm. be absolutely miserable, but all they're doing is projecting what, what they know you want to see. Mm. And therefore, we, we apply value to things that don't really have value. Like you said, a bunch of molecules together. We apply value to it because people tell us that it's worth something and that you will be happier with it in your life. Or it's going to provide some more substance than taking you from your house to your work or your house to your place of study. Like They, they, they convince you of that which it's, it's sad because we, we spend our time worried about the things that don't really matter. And, mm-hmm. and we tend to, we tend to burn, burn the things that we truly do love and we truly do care about to get to that point just to realize it doesn't bring you anything.
0: I think you know, Your, your money is... doesn't
1: go to your grave grave with you. It doesn't.
0: No, <laughs> we can, you that's... can leave some of it to your family. that's about it, mm. But, mm. which is nice. But I know why you know. there's no there's no point uh chase, chasing uh, there's no point chasing Jeff Bezos levels of wealth because you unless you're planning on doing something fucking pretty worthwhile for it. Um, I think people are coming to terms. Yeah, like with, if you're an entrepreneur social media, right, good on you. You know, like mm.
1: definitely, definitely, definitely. It was it was a lot worse, I think, like would have been probably two three years ago it was really yeah. really bad um it was but yeah, hard so, out
0: hustle culture two three years ago i think and mm, then and yeah. then people are just like this is it's like fucking um it's like pu- putting yourself on a extraneous diet or something like you can't always be hustling like you need downtime as well you need, a, exactly, you need to exactly and fucking wear sweatpants and watch cartoons now and then <laughs> it's yeah, part of exactly and you and you and you
1: need to be honest with people when you're doing that because at the end of the day like we we all do it you know i have i have days like if i'm just like really really tired i'll just sleep in and like i just mm. i don't feel guilty about it am i going to go post it on my social media no cuz i look like crap you know like i mm. ate a big meal the night before so i don't look great this morning but there's there's also nothing wrong with that cuz that's you're doing what you're doing what you want to do if you're constantly posting things for other people's you know gratification or you know, other people's attention, you're you're lacking some sort of substance within your within your real life. You know, I I'm not posting on social media barely at at all, you know, like because, you know, when I was in the UK I was posting very, very consistently. It's because I didn't have anything. You know, like I was I was working seven days a week, I was and it was great, my business is building, but like I didn't have any time for anyone else. I was in a bodybuilding prep, so I wasn't going out with people. I was just, I was in my own little, I was in my own lane. I had my blind on. I was going for it. It's all well and good. But then I also, because I was lacking those sorts of relationships within my life, I was projecting things to people that weren't actually reality. Now that I'm actually happy within my life and I'm actually, you know, building momentum on doing the things that I love, I'm not posting on social media as much because I'm going, hmm. well, I don't need a, why do I need a post? If I've got nothing to post about. You know, like I'm happy with where I'm at. You know, who else needs to know that? Nobody.
0: I think that's, that's a sort of cool things. thing to post about, though. Like where uh, you just bring real life into social media. I think that's mm-hmm. that's some of my favorite content is when oh, yeah, pe- people so. ad- people admit that, or not even admit because it's just like they. Some of them are just good at posting and being honest on social media and stuff, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. I try and I try to be honest uh on my profile without being too like i don't i don't try and show off i like to just Mm. have it be an honest this is a picture of me and my friends and i'll say i enjoyed this night with my friends i'm not gonna like try and flash it up like to be more than it was like um Mm. i think social media now is kind of i mean it's all I don't know, maybe I'm just not paying as much attention to the crap stuff on it, but I'm paying more attention to the stuff which is like, yes, we're all human. We've all got struggles, mm. like let's let's overcome them. Let's let's, you know, become stronger ourselves, but go gentle on ourselves when we need to be gentle with ourselves. It's massive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally did a big, big clean out of my Instagram while I was over in the UK and I just, it was, it was just clearing out people that didn't provide me any substance within my life. You know, it was, it, it was, you know, taking away the people that, you know, especially, especially on the fitness side of things, what people don't realize is that a lot of the fitness models, even, even the females take, take, you know, performance performance.
2: In- mm
1: pick you know what photos they use and everything like that so it creates this creates this expectation that nobody can meet because nobody looks like that all year round and nobody actually you know not everyone takes anabolic steroids and it's it's a horrible it's a horrible thing to see so what i did is that i unfollowed every single person who was like that who was only out to look good who didn't provide me any substance and then now if I go through my social media, it's either, it's either top bodybuilders who, you know, I'm just interested in from a physique standpoint and, you know, you know they provide good content stuff or it's educational posts and close friends. You know, I, I, I follow a lot of educational Instagram pages, a lot of scientists and everything like that. And, then, and then, I've got, then I've got my friends, people that I know, people that I don't know so well, but I've always followed them. And that's it. But as soon as as soon as there's someone that pops up that I haven't followed, like that I haven't unfollowed, and I just realized they they're just posting posting crap for attention, or you know, or they're just doing things to try and you know, get confirmation from other people. I'm I'm just going to unfollow them. I don't I don't want that person in my life because they're not they're not doing things because they want to do them. They're doing them because social media dictates
0: it. Are you familiar well, with um, Grego Gallagher, fitness dude? Sorry, sorry, just cut out. Uh, are you familiar with Grego Gallagher, a fitness dude? I just recently started following. Sorry, can you hear me? Gallagher. Um, I not know the
1: name. Can we, yeah, he's,
0: two, he's, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Sorry, you just
0: cut out. Kino, Kino Body or something uh, It's his brand. But... Um, I hate
1: that guy. I hate that guy. Yeah,
0: what's your thoughts (laughs) on it? Is what I was going to ask.
1: Um, yeah, let me just bring him up. Just yeah, I don't keto body. Yeah, so this guy, this guy promotes essentially what's called the keto diet. So the keto diet is is a very very low, next to no, no carbohydrate intake, and so so what what happens is that when you don't provide your body with, um the carbohydrates that it needs, obviously carbohydrates being the main fuel source for a human. What happens is the body after a period of usually three or four weeks, it goes into what we call ketosis. So that's where essentially what happens is we switch our main fuel source from carbohydrates to fats. So you're doing it in, in the abundance of fats because you've got to fill out the rest of your calories in the day. You're taking out a whole macronutrient. So, you know, you've got three macronutrients, your proteins, your carbs, and your fats you're taking out a whole one of those, okay? And the, the reason why, and yeah, so, so the body switches to fat as the main fuel source, um, which, yeah, which is advertised, it's, it's supposed to promote growth hormones. It's, it, there's a lot of things that it promotes. At the end of the day, the reason why people get results on, um, on keto, you're cutting out 30% of what you eat in a day. 30%. Mm you know so so overall people are eating in what we call a caloric deficit so at the end of the day they're burning more calories than what they're putting in because they've taken out this whole macronutrient you do that you do that with your fats you're going to have the same you're going to have the same thing you'll probably find you'll drop weight really quickly fats obviously I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it because they're, they're needed a, a lot more than carbohydrates but so what people what people don't realize is that when they start doing keto the reason why they get such great results is because they're actually eating a lot less. Keto doesn't provide anything that any other any other diet doesn't. All it does is it makes it easier for you to get within that caloric deficit because you're cutting one of your three macronutrients out. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, you're not going to build more muscle off of it it's, it's just you know using fats as a fuel source is nowhere near as optimal as using carbohydrates for a fuel source um, when it comes to your diet it, it is whatever you can adhere to long term like I said if you don't like eating carbohydrates don't eat carbohydrates but mm-hmm. if you love them don't just, don't just cut them out there's absolutely, there's absolutely no point in doing it because at the end of the day you're not going to be able to stick to that diet because you don't enjoy it um, yeah, and the issue, the issue with him is that he promotes that that is the best lifestyle to live, when in actual fact, all he's doing is just making it easier for you to get into a caloric deficit and making it easier for you to lose weight as mm. well. And then he's, he's very fancy with his, um, with the way that he advertises and everything like that. It's, yeah, it's, for me, I find it quite comical, because when I look at his videos or anything, I just think it's ridiculous that it, what he's promoting. But then again, people... People like to think that there's an easy fix to something. People like to think, oh, I'm, mm. I didn't lose weight because I wasn't on keto. Oh, I, I didn't lose weight because I wasn't on the Atkins diet. Yeah. And everyone likes to make an excuse for something be- just because they're not getting results, because they just don't have the mindset to just suck it up and do it. You know, I, you know, I, I lose weight on three and a half thousand calories a day. Like I, I eat a lot and I can lose weight off that but that's because I understand my energy expenditure versus my energy intake. That's it. If I took carbohydrates out, I would feel like absolute crap and I would, I would hate it and it wouldn't, it just wouldn't work for me. Would I lose a shit ton of weight? Yeah, of course. Mm. You know, cause I eat a lot of carbohydrates, but it's, it's, yeah, it's just finding something that works for you and something that you can actually stick to as well. But keep, yeah. Keto for me, like he's, yeah, he's a very, very, he, he's the he's the reason as to why there's so much wrong with the fitness industry he's he's one of those reasons
0: wow.
1: unfortunately yeah sorry i know i know I know you probably agree with what he says but that's
0: just well, no from I, a marketing I, I, standpoint I, and i I asked because like I wasn't like because he's a very he's a very pretty dude so it's like hard to know like you know he's a charismatic guy <laughs> he knows he knows how to how to talk it up and um i've I pirated his uh his guide or whatever and I'm going through it and it's, it's help. It's helping me like uh, learn about exercises and stuff like that, which mm. is what I need at the moment. Cause I'm st- still starting out basically for the third time. <laughs> um, but mm. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about the Instagram uh, fitness culture. What I thought was cool about him was that he wants there to be like a sort of a my understanding is that he wants a kind of a verification tick for people who are in the fitness industry but aren't on steroids and performance enhancers and stuff, like having that as like a priority if you're a fitness influencer, like attaining mm. that kind well, of status. Yeah,
1: well the thing is, the thing is man is that what people don't realise about um anabolic steroids is that they're just like keto diet, they're not a magic pill. They don't they don't change everything. The guys you see that are just humongous and shredded, do you tell ninety percent of people to get on steroids and they will never, ever look like those people? For sure. (laughs) Those yeah. Those no no, but even even, you know, you see the even the guys that I follow as well, like their their physiques are just unobtainable because people do not have the mindset that they have. People hear steroids and they immediately um take away everything that that person's done and it's it, it, it is sad because yeah so, so you say that that guy greg wants wants a verification take the thing is man is that the guys that i follow all, all of them are on animal bonds. all of them are the top right. but it's yeah. also they 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 work the hardest they're mm. the smartest people in the room every single time um you know I'll, I'll give you a few guys to follow at the end of this um yeah in terms of, you know, like in terms of providing content, you'll see these guys are monsters, you know? And, but the thing is, is that they've they've tried and they've perfected their craft. And every single one of them has the exact same answer as to how to lose weight, how to gain muscle, what to do in the gym. All of them, while they all have different training techniques and they may may all have slightly different styles of dieting as well. At the end of the day, they're all saying it's your calories in, versus your calories out. If you're eating too much, you're going to get fat. If you're not eating enough, you're going to lose weight. And then it's the training side of things going, making sure you're always progressing in your training, making sure, you know, you've got the balance of A, B, and C in there. And it's just, you when you hear these guys and you'll hear the the kind of similar tones that they use and very, very similar information that they provide, you understand that guys like Greg O'Gallagher are just, they're, they're just, yeah, absolute. I, I really don't like them. Um, you know, because yeah, putting someone on steroids doesn't, doesn't do anything if they're not willing to put in the work, mm. you know, I, you know, I, I, know guys who have been older guys who've been on steroids for years and they completely screwed their body. I also know, uh, you know, guys who are in their late forties who have been on steroids and still are in perfect health and have this amazing physique steroids doesn't do anything for you if you're not willing to apply yourself, you're not willing to put in the work as well. It, shouldn't, it should never take away, take anything away from someone, um, because you you got to realize that people's natural genetic limitations are very, everyone's genetic limitations are quite low. As in order for you to reach your genetic ceiling, is what we call it, so the most amount of muscle mass you can hold while being as lean as possible, You've got to have perfect training. I'm talking about perfect training. You've got to have perfect diet. I mean with, within a hundred calories and having all your right macronutrients split correctly, you, your sleep's got to be perfect. Your stress has got to be managed. Your water intake's got to be perfect. Nobody ever hits that genetic ceiling. And what steroids allow people to do is allow people to push that envelope of that genetic ceiling. But there, there will be a lot of guys that you don't see that take steroids and do not look like the guys there because their diet is crap or anything like that. And it just goes to prove that it's just not some magical drug that people, that people use just to get massive. Cause let's be honest, if everyone got absolutely jacked off it. Everyone would be doing it. Yeah. So they, if everyone would look amazing, but it's not, that's not the case. You still have people who look like absolute crap on him, which just goes to show that, you know, it's so, it's so much more than that. And yes, you've got you've always got the extreme, and you've always got people that take it too far, and that's what's unhealthy. But at the end of the day, unless you're a big bodybuilding fan, you're not gonna you're not gonna look at those guys and want to obtain what those guys do as well. But yeah, it's 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 sad the information that's out there as well because he's he's become so. Cause how many how many followers does he have?
0: Uh, probably. I don't know. He, he make, makes a lot of money. That's what that's why I was. Uh, okay, so you got seven hundred thousand. Yeah.
1: So he makes 700,000, he's got 700,000 followers sort of thing. And I know, I know that has, has like his website and stuff is, you know, you pay say only like $7 a month for it, but it's just all, it's all just cookie cutter things. He knows you're going to get results because he knows if he takes, if he takes all your carbohydrates out of your diet, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to make that up within fats and proteins. Like if you can if you can honestly tell me that you eat that you make up that difference. Like if you try and eat just proteins and fats, you're gonna really, really struggle. Like it's you have to eat a lot of a lot of like very oily foods, a lot of meat, a lot of it's just it's very, very hard to to stick to as well. And then, you know, if they, yeah, if there's ever someone in, yeah, in, in a story is, um, if there's ever someone promoting that one way is the best way and it's not talking about calories, they're, they're just trying to scam you for money. Mm. That's all they're trying to do. So, yeah. Hey, thanks for
0: clearing that one up.
1: <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfollow them. Tell them <laughs> <laughs> block them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, it's, it's, but yeah, like you said, social media is getting better, a lot better um you know but i think it's also because people like the general public is starting to wake up as well to the fact that you know you you need that calories in versus calories out and that that debunks a lot of fitness personalities straight straight off the bat as well and then you can kind of start to sift through the crap and find the people who actually provide some really really good information as well Mm.
0: Um, do you yeah. mind if I go to the bathroom really quickly?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no no stressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all
0: good. Just, I think I might go, go as well. So Yeah, good, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel more relaxed now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, I was getting odd HA. I was like <sighs> Um But yeah, but mm-hmm. world's world's getting weird, dude.
1: As I looked at the time, I was like I was like, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then again like, it's just just live. If you just stay in your own lane and you just kind of live your life the way that you want to, it's funny how little the outside world affects you. Sure. You know, like, like my, my partner and I, we, we, we used to watch the news and we just, we just don't watch anymore because it's just full of, it's everything's so sad.
0: Mm. Everything's
1: so negative. There's always something wrong and there's never, there's, it's, it doesn't breed positivity. It breeds whatever creates conversation, whatever is going to get, the most amount of people viewing in and everything like that. And it's just, it's, it's little things like that. I mean, and then the whole social media side of things, just, just filtering your content in terms of looking at things that you actually want to see. And there have been a reason not looking at, you know, not following a girl just because she's hot, you know, and you, you know, or not following a guy just cause he's jacked and shredded and you want to look like that. At the end of the day, you know, while you can use that as motivation, it's, it's going to be more demoralizing as well. Like I see a lot of fitness influencers are taking anabolics, cherry picking what photos they use, you know, taking a photo that they took four months ago and reposting it, making it seem like they took it that day. Um, but yeah, little, little things that you can do just to, just to kind of filter out the bullshit that you don't really need. And to to start creating that environment that, you know, provides substance, provides happiness, provides information, which just you just feel so much better because of it. And you just find, you just find you're a lot less negative as well as a person when you take out that negative, negativity.
0: It's a quote I like, which sums that, that idea up, which is, there's a guy sitting in front of a waterfall, not knowing just how anxious he's supposed to be right now. It's, um, it's true. I stopped, um, like, I, I think it's good to stay within the fringes of what the problem is, like what the, mm. within this sort of world collective dream that we're sharing mm-hmm. should be within the fringes of that problem so that you're able to have an, under, an understanding of it um, and maybe be a part of the solution for it. Uh, but you shouldn't be so lost in the problem you shouldn't be so attached to that problem that you're lost in it. Um, mm. but for sure. I think um, you should sit outside right there in your backyard and you should mm. listen to music and have bare feet uh, just on the grass and just chill out. There. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100% get, get out, get some sun mm. as well. Um, you know, for me, yeah. For me, me and my partner, we love going for walks. And, you know, for us, like, we, we usually leave our phones at home. Like, you know, we, we usually take our phones everywhere with us because we've got clients constantly texting us. You know, when, you, when you're running a business, you've got to create that open communication. You've got to be there for them no matter what. Whether they have a question or whether they're just querying about a session or something like that. But it's just nice for us. Um, we, we do no no business work after, after usually 9.30, 10 p.m., then we kind of allow ourselves about an hour to wind down. And it's just, just having those little things in your life, man, it's just like, it makes a world of difference and it allows you to switch off. And yeah, like you say, take away from just all the bullshit in the world and just, mm-hmm. just be in your own little zone and your own little headspace. And whether, whether, whether that's a positive headspace and negative headspace, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It is your own headspace. And you can, you can sort through a lot of things, just sitting outside and closing your eyes and having some music on. hundred
0: percent. It's, um, this is a bit cooked, but I like to subscribe. And when I'm relaxing, it probably doesn't sound relaxing, but when I'm relaxing, I like to, uh, subscribe to the idea that we're in a multiverse. So that mm-hmm. uh, every single thing that could possibly ever will happen and is happening is happening right now, except it's on yep. the multiverse, and that just makes yes. your little corner of the multiverse that much more special, where you're just kicking back <laughs> and yep. exactly. I, Yeah, I, de- I definitely think there is a lot
1: more to this world than we think. Like, there's just there's there's no way you have. You know our, there's no way that our solar system can you know we, we know we know space and time works very, very differently to how we originally perceived. you know we we understand that time can be manipulated, and we understand that, that our universe can't just be the only universe you know there's it's It's impossible for the whole entire being of of life and the solar system, the universes, to be situated within one universe that we can explore and we can access. And and yeah, it's just, yeah, you should, everyone should feel special. Everyone should feel special that, A, they had a one in four trillion chance of, of being a human. B, you know, they have a roof over their head, they have food in their mouths, and they have a, you know, they have a job that pays them. But also, also C, at any point in time, you have the power to choose what you want to do with that. Mm. At any point, of, regardless of what limitations you place in front of yourself, we all have the power to change our lives. We all have the power to do what we want. And it's, it's just whether you're willing to take that step and, you know, and, and actually take that chance. If you take that chance and it doesn't work, cool, it didn't work, okay? At least at least you, at least you did it. You know, I, I, never, I never want to get to the end of my life and think what if with anything. You know, any anything that is an opportunity to me or anything that seems like something that I would want to pursue, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to try it out. If it works, then great, awesome. I've, I've been, you know, I'm just a little bit further along in the path of life. But then if it doesn't work, and also that whole everything happens for a reason, it didn't work, great, okay, no problem, that's fine. You know, when I, when I moved over to the UK, um, you know, Eden and I were dating at the time and I just thought, no, I need, need to do this for me. It's an opportunity for me to go out and pursue what, what I want, I wanted to travel. And then I, I headed over to the UK, I thought it was great. Then winter hit and the place <laughs> was miserable. And I just, and I just went, hey, I, just, I don't want to be in this environment long-term. And, I, and, and it was a big, it was a big decision for me to make as well, but it was also solidified by the fact I went home and it cost me the round trip cost me three thousand dollars, almost. Um, so the t- the time, the flights there and back, plus also you know what I what I spent back home over over three weeks, and so it was kind of like right, do I want to be this far away from my family? It was twenty four hours flying each way, and it was just you you've got to you've just got to be realistic with yourself and just say do do I want whatever's in my life at the moment? Is it making me happy? Is it providing substance? And if not. Get, get out of it. You are gonna you're gonna hurt people's feelings. You're gonna burn relationships. It's going to happen, but you're you're much better off burning burning a relationship with someone than to be with them for the rest of your life and not completely love them. You know, it's and you know and then for you know like my ex, Gwen found someone who made her a thousand times happier than I ever could. That that's great. She's found that person. That's awesome. And for me, I'm so much happy for it as well. But even if I turn around and realize, man, I wanted to be with that girl for the rest of my life, she's happy with someone else. That's an easier pill to swallow, accepting that, than to turn around and say, man, I wish I'd broken up with her. And now now I'm married with kids and I'm in a relationship that I don't want to be
0: in. mm. That's what um, a comedian gets at as well, like, do you want to be that fucking guy that's just traps and just hating shit like when he's like in his yeah. 30s and 40s and stuff and resenting his life and just like just just living with this person that you like don't really care about anymore like it just sounds so I think um love is something that should be practiced and mm-hmm. uh, eventually I think it's something that you can really develop um you can you can learn to love more you can learn to be kinder and you can learn you can learn to love someone exactly as they are and uh excuse my fruity language but you can uh you can see the divinity that's expressed in them through the universe like the universe has done all this craziness and it's combobulated to this one being who isn't perfect but they're perfect in their imperfectness and you can appreciate them as phenomena in your space of awareness and you can just appreciate that for what it is Um, and you can just you can just love that and if and one day it'll they'll go away as well whether or not it's because they pass away or because you pass away or because you break up but you can still love that that phenomena existed in your awareness. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think it's so easy in the end of a relationship to see, you know, you, usually when you go through a breakup, you see all of the positives and you go, man, you, it's, it's very hard to see the negatives after you break up with someone, isn't it? And it's, but it's also, yeah, understanding that at that point in time, this was happening. You, 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 never, you never end a relationship because you're happy. You know, there's, there's got to be, there's got to be something missing, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you throw away the X amount of, you know, days, months, years that you spent with them. You know, it's still, it's still all part of the building process as to you, who you are as a human being. And, and you know, within, I think, relationships are, are the best place for, for growth and m- maturity as well, because, you know, you understand within your family, you know, there's always a hierarchy, isn't there? You know, so so you know you are you. At the end of the day, you listen to your parents. At the end of the day, you listen to your grandparents. You know your brothers and sisters. If you're the oldest, you're kind of you know one who has more of a say, and then the youngest, not so much. But when you're in a relationship, it's it's an even playing field. You know, you're both at the same level. Not one person is above another person, regardless of how much money you earn, regardless of you know who's older, who's younger. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter. That's where like people people just seem to grow the most is because they they have to be and they have to be in this relationship someone where it is a fine balance between all of those things and yeah you can't and and you gotta you gotta see you gotta see relationships as as learning and as growth if they if they don't work and see them at a time and point in your life that hey i wanted to be with this person okay awesome let's think of all the things as to why i wanted to be with that person and also be accepting that That person wasn't meant to be, and you can walk away from the relationship feeling a lot more content about moving forward because you understand it was a time and period of my life, and it's not obviously obviously couldn't have been all bad, you know, unless it was say like a month long relationship, and you're all right, it was bad from the start, and obviously didn't work. But when you're looking at something, you know, you're looking at a year plus. You can't turn around and say that all of it was bad and all of it was a terrible experience because you you were with that person for that period of time, mm. as well. So yeah, you've got to you've got to be happy with what you've been through and what you've had, in the sense that it really does really does shape you as a person that you are right here right now.
0: A mm. uh, book that I read that really strengthened my uh, my ideas on like love and relationships and like, you know, having a healthy relationship and stuff was mastery of love by Dal Don Miguel Ruiz. It's was really good. I recommend I'll
1: write, it. I'll write that down actually.
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Called the mastery of love. Um, and it just, it sort of talks about what you talked about as well, but it's, um, also, you know, it also recognizes that they're their own person and they're dreaming their own dream and everything that they <laughs> say or do, like, as a reflection on them, but you can, you know, it's sort of navigating that, navigating that kind of side of it as well, that we're all dreaming life in a different way. We're all perceiving things differently. We have different traumas that we're sort of working through, um, and just sort of, yeah, just coming together in a healthy kind of way. I think it was really good. I, um, He's got another book about relationships uh, about building a happy and healthy relationship that I'm keen to read because I resonated a lot with the mastery of love um, but it's not just about relationships it's sort of about forming a um, a love for life for what it is as well like recognizing that you're that like I'm using this language but that recognizing that you're the dreamer of this dream and learning to love it even when it's not not so good <laughs> even when you're yeah. grieving like allowing yourself to grieve but appreciating the overall big picture of it all
1: yeah and i think a lot of that comes down to mindset as well i think if you've got a lot of other areas in your life that provide happiness and you overall as a, are a happier person it's it's a lot easier to see that positive side of things isn't it mm. like i you know like for me yeah I, I say right didn't work but i'm i'm very happy that it was. like you shouldn't you know i i don't i don't like using the word regret i don't i don't believe anyone should regret anything because at at that time and place you thought it was the right thing to do and like that's that's what people tend to overlook a lot is that they go oh man i regret doing that and you gotta look back and go right actually at that point in time you know whether it was a calculated decision or a rash decision you thought that that was the right decision at the time and you can, you can say that, okay, yeah, I wish, I wish I could have changed that, but you need to be accepting of everything that happens within your life as well because we can't go back and change it. But also you spend so long focusing on what you regret and what you wish you'd done differently. You start taking away from where you are right then and there. And that's when you start taking away from those future days coming up. And, you know, you spend your whole time worrying about something you did, you know, a week ago. You could just waste waste the whole week that you have coming up doing that mm. as well. And you know, if you if you want to, if you've burnt a bridge and you want you want to build that relationship again, that that's great, do it. You know, but but is it going to provide you that happiness, or is it going to allow you to move forward? That's what. Yeah, that's why I feel like people need to start doing a bit more is, is focusing on that continual progression forward and. You know, making sure that they are number one and they are happy before they before they bring anyone else in, you know,
0: to to be a part of their happiness. Yeah, that's a great lesson to takeaway, I think, as well though. It's mm. um but you gotta be happy with yourself, like as mm. you are for your imperfections as well, knowing that you're never gonna be life's never gonna be perfect, but you can still work towards the things that you know. Do make you happy, or you think might make you happy. So give it a go. And it's fair enough to, I think. Yeah. Uh, everyone's, we, everyone's specific. Oh, sorry. No, please, you go. Yeah. No, 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 no. You go. You go. Sorry, uh, I was just, just going to say if uh, anyone's made it to the two-hour and forty-five-minute mark. I mean, maybe I'll edit it down, but just 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 cut out all the all the simulation
1: stuff and all <laughs> the government coming in, man. We don't, <laughs> we don't do
0: that. Elon Musk brings his Tesla. He's like, "Get in the car, boys."
1: <laughs> yeah, get in the car, boys. You're in danger.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think what you should take away is that you should do what you want in life. You shouldn't worry about like. I think fear is a massive one that people get hung up on is that they're worried it's not going to get work like work out or they're worried about what might happen and a big way to get past that is to think about what the worst like what the worst can happen really is like what's the worst thing that can happen really and realizing it's probably not that bad like I that could have stopped me like this fear could have stopped me from Sending you a message to begin with, I think Mm. Uh, when when Kane Kane Blackie, I don't know if you uh, remember him, but he was like, yeah, yeah, I remember
1: Kane, yeah.
0: He he was like, you should hit up this guy. He's doing a bodybuilding thing, and my first thought was, oh, is he a nice guy? Like, (laughs) or you know, like, what's (laughs) is is he all right? Like, is he ever? You know, immediately I came up with reasons why it might not be a good idea to talk to you, and that's just that's just an expression of. Fear presenting itself within my consciousness. And I can recognize that that's a fear, Hmm. but a big thing is just, I mean, I wasn't like terrified to send you a message or something, you know, but you know, the the expression of fear did pop up. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And so it's about leaning into it, walking through and feeling it and just going through it anyway. And definitely there's, um, like we've been talking for nearly three hours now, so like it kind of paid off. Like it was a good conversation. Like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think I think in terms of in terms of people wanting to do things that they fear, I think I what I what I like to do before I do something that I'm scared of, I like to see how many factors I can control. You know, like so. So I treat I treat it say like a study group. How many factors can I control? And then what is my, what is my end goal? So for me, say. Say so, you know, say I say when I started my PT business, that there was a big fear there because I was saying, okay, what if it fails? So the first thing I thought, thought of was, right, financial safety net. How much money am I going to need just in case this isn't going to work out? So I kind of did the calculations in terms of, right, say I don't get a client for two months. Worst case scenario, eight weeks, I don't get a single client. What are my overheads? What am I going to have to pay for? Control that. All right, what? what can I do? Then I start looking towards okay, what can I do to get clients? All right, I have this money here, yes, I don't want to use it. Okay, what other avenues can I use to start advertising myself and start showing people that they should come train with me? It's there's a there's a lot of things that you can do in order to can to try and control the outcome of the situation as well. But the more the more factors you can have under your control, the the less amount of fear there's going to be and and you you're going to be able to be a little bit more content in terms of in terms of trusting the process because you go right if, if this doesn't work out i know i've got this backing me or i know i can go to this you know for, for me i went right if pc doesn't work out i can i can always go back to my warehouse job before i can find something else that i want to do there's there's nothing wrong with that. Especially we're in our twenties, man. Like we've got so much of nothing our life. But time. We've got nothing but time. And twenties is, is, that opportunity. Gary Vee says it all the time, twenties is that opportunity for you to just try things, just give them a go, you know, you know, try, throw yourself into things that you might not want to throw yourself into or you thought you were too scared to do. And he's like, and if you fail, he's like, just do something else. You know, it's, it's, it, it, is, it really is that simple, but everyone overcomplicates it because they worry so much about failing that they'll get to the end of their life without even trying. And it's that whole thing of like, I never want to say what if, because I, I, I never want to sit there and go, man, what if, what if I've been a trainer? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm a vet. Yeah, it took me 10 years to get it. I'm actually pretty miserable in my job. I'm super stressed out. You know, it, okay, I could have I could have been a vet and I could have been super happy, but at that point in time, I wasn't happy, it wasn't what I wanted to do, and I and it's the best decision, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Same thing with moving to the UK, I ensured that I had a financial safety net, I ensured I had a place to stay when I got there. I had a roof over my head, I had another job that I could do if, if PT didn't work out, and It worked out great. My business was really successful, but I just didn't like the lifestyle. What did I do? I moved closer to home. You know, if if I went to the UK and all went to shit, I lost all my money. Just move home. It's like it's (laughs) it's you know there there, there are really exactly exactly. And so it's just like for anyone who really wants to do something but they just don't have have that courage to do it. Just do it throw yourself in that deep end, but also have contingency plans in place. But if you're going to throw yourself into that, just give it 100% and guarantee if if you're good at what you do and you are really, really passionate about what you do, it's going to work. And then you're going to have the best in your eyes, you're going to have the best job in the world. You know, it's just, but other other than that, like people more than welcome to stay in a job that they hate just because it's what their university degree gave them, or, you know, you you can be stuck at a desk for 40, 50 hours a week for the rest of your life, but are you going to be truly happy? No, it's it's not going to happen.
0: People are afraid that they can't can't change things as well. Like, they've already made their path, like, um, they're 30-something years old, like, they've you know, they've lost all that potential of youth that they have. <laughs> um, mm. I'm i perfectly willing and, I mean, hopefully, but I'm just so able to trust the process, but I'm perfectly willing to keep having a stab at different things until I find something that's, that's dope. And even if I don't find it for a while. I'm still getting closer to things, finding things, different aspects of my life that just make me happy. And overall, I'm I'm a pretty happy person, which I couldn't have mm. said like two two and a bit years ago, you know? Like
1: Yeah, and, and two years isn't a long time, man. Like that's that's a that's a quick turnaround if you think about it. You know, mm. and it's just it's trialing those different things. And then you'll find that one thing that you just click with. You could try one thing before you do it. It could be the first thing that you try. It could be the 10th thing that you try. But if you try, try, try again, you'll, you'll find it. And then you'll and sit. Then you'll sit. Mm. And you don't have to worry about it ever again. You know, that's, that's, that's the nicest feeling just finding that little niche mm. in terms of, you know, what you want, want to do and then what you are also capable of doing as well.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's a good place to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty
1: sure I have gotta go to work today. But <laughs> um,
0: no, but thank you so much for um being on today dude um oh, it's been an absolute pleasure man i really appreciate it thank you yeah this was um this was fun and down the track we should do it again sometime or something but yeah um, yeah i'd
1: be definitely keen to come back on even if even if we're not even recording and just, yeah, just having a chat about life or anything definitely yeah definitely hit me up man it'd be yeah it'd be really really nice so yeah i'm yeah. glad we
0: reconnect eh? <laughs> today
1: yeah cool. I'm, I'm glad too yeah and we would definitely keep you in touch from now on for sure you, know, you, hold, you hold a lot of values that I, I really, really respect and look for something in a person because it's not, while they are values, I feel like everyone should have, you know, not, not everyone does. And like, it's just, it's nice to hear someone who's got a very similar mindset to me as well and also understands, you know, my thought process and has, you know, you've got your own interpretation of all of that and you've got your own beliefs. It's just, it's nice when you can have an open conversation about
0: that as well. For sure. And it's like you said before, it's like when people are sorta of, you're in your lane and people close to you are sort of parallel to you. They're doing their thing, you're doing your thing and then that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's a good place to be, I think. Um Exactly. And it just provides that substance that
1: that mm-hmm. we all need in our life, you know, but it's being surrounded by those people who actually want to be with you and actually want to be next to you and actually want to have conversations with you. And that's, you know, rather than you, rather than being constantly feeding off you and not giving anything in return, mm. you know, it's, 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 it's nice and refreshing. Man. So yeah, I, I'm so, I'm so glad you messaged me. So glad that we were able yeah. to catch up and have a chat. So yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah, me too. All so, right. Well, um, well, you have a great rest of your week. Um Yeah, you and- too. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. We'll so catch much up soon. Catch we'll
1: up here. soon. For sure. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Uh, I'll talk right. to you soon. See you, bro. All right. See you, dude. Okay.
2: Bye.